Welcome to the Penny Bloom Podcast. Ain't another place that has got more bombast. Rump past your mom, dad's listening to Tomcast. Talking everything that make you sad. We don't want that. We're here to make you smile. Put your mind at ease. Peace, love, and bloom, and always praise Keanu Reeves. This what we about. Get some weeding now. We'll talk until we can't no more, and then we peace and out. Alright, let's go. Penny Bloom Podcast. It's the Penny Bloom Podcast. Penny Bloom Podcast. Hello, everybody, and welcome in to the Penny Bloom Podcast. Today, we continue our director's spotlight for Martin Scorsese, and it is our last stop before Killers of the Flower Moon. Oh, boy. Today, we've got The Irishman. This was released November 27th, 2019, written by Steve Zalian, based on the book by Charles Brandt. Directed by Martin Scorsese. I am Colton Robertson. I'm joined by Joseph George. What's up, homie? Oh, what up, what up? Always a pleasure to be here. Oh, and it is always a pleasure to have you. I heard you paint houses. I do. Funny you ask. Yeah. I also... I do, uh, do my own carpentry, too. Man, did... You know... The last couple Scorsese gang movies... They were great. I'm not going to try to say that they're poorly made movies. I've already much, I much enjoyed the watches, but I was a little hesitant on this one because of the, the previous gang movies. I, I, I liked his non-gang movies a little more. Mm-hmm. So I was a little hesitant coming in, into this, and I'm like, I don't know. You know, it is another gang movie. Am I going to like it as much? And then I'm watching, and I'm like, okay. There's something... There's some secret sauce in this one that's not necessarily in Casino. Um, you know, Goodfellas, it's too far out of my memory. And I don't, I feel like I'm talking bad on Goodfellas. Oh, no, 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 no. I say this, these things, but I, I feel like there is, there, there is some secret sauce in this, in, in The Irishman that those two, um, are lacking. Um, for me, at least uh, for my watch, I, I really, really enjoyed this one. I mean, it was like instant. The first, I mean, for, like middle of the movie, I'm already like, oh, okay. I should not have yeah, had you're an hour and forty five minutes into this movie, and you're like, man, this thing's awesome. I've still got an hour and forty five minutes left. What a fucking behemoth of a film. Uh, this thing is so long. Um, mm-hmm. and it got like it's the perfect movie to watch right before going into Killers for that reason. Uh, at three and a half hours. Um, mm-hmm. I remember, I remember when this came out. This was one that I watched came out november 27th probably watched it that weekend uh was this a straight to netflix straight to netflix That's it was right. straight to netflix remember. on yeah. this one yeah. um, i think it was just the three and a half hours that I oh that'll that that'll drive only, you away I, I think it was the only reason but like man when this for when this dropped i remember just like seeing it everywhere like it mm-hmm. was everyone it's was the most about. netflix has ever promoted anything um for my mo- like as far as i can remember like mm-hmm. this was yeah. uh, this was a big deal um yeah i mean they got martin scorsese mm. uh, to direct a movie for him you know i guess what stranger things would have been a thing you know I, I think that's probably the biggest thing on that you know but not a mm-hmm. movie you know not necessarily yeah no as far as as far film. as netflix original films mm-hmm. 
Yeah. You know, they've had a few. They, this this did get nommed for a Best Picture Oscar. Uh, did not win, uh, mm. but got nominated. Um, you know, no acting I, I, performances in there. I can't remember. I can't remember that. Uh, I'm sure they did uh, because there's some nominated for ten Oscars. Some goodies, uh, ten Oscars. Yeah. Wow. 10. Al Pacino, Joe Pesci, no Robert De Niro, huh? Bob De Niro. He doesn't get enough love, man. What? I thought he was the one of this movie. If there was, I was I, like, uh, you know, I had Al Pacino mm. for most of the movie. Mm-hmm. But those last forty minutes, when Al Pacino's not in the movie anymore, mm-hmm. wow, De Niro, yeah. like he goes, Dude. he goes in. Yeah, he does. He has he has to play so much like back and forth, and like he. He's always like whenever he he's like he he knows that like Al Pacino like Hoffa you know he's like he's going down the line where he shouldn't really you know the they're he's they're wanting to get rid of him and he's trying to do his best to like not you yeah. know he's good friends with him he's like ah, I don't you know doesn't want to do it and then like it's happening but then like he's just silent you know he's like fuck he's like I like just not saying a single word but you can tell he's like I don't want to fucking do this. like this is like mm-hmm. I. Have, I do not want to be doing this right now. And like, he just, whenever Joe Pesci's just sitting, like they're having breakfast at like the hotel or whatever, the little cereal boxes and coffee and, you know, and he's, how'd you sleep? Oh, well, okay. Well, here's what you're going to do. You're going to go on a plane. You're going to, you know, what, you know, and he's, he's just staring at him. Like, he's like, we're going to go to Detroit. And he goes, no, you're going to go to Detroit. Hmm? Oh, okay. Well, what, what's in Detroit? You know, you'll have a return flight a couple hours later. Yeah. Just, Minimal details too. Whenever they're explain, like goddamn, whenever they're putting out a hit for somebody and they're gonna kill them, they barely say shit. Like really, any like it's just gotta like, be veiled, man. I guess they tell you what you need to know. I guess, but like I feel like if you're gonna you're gonna kill someone, you know, you're going through all this. Like I feel like you gotta talk it out. You know, is it really <laughs> that simple? Like is it is it really just like? All right, you know, you know what you like, there's a certain coded language, you know, like uh they mm. don't talk like this if it's not this. That's true. You know, like uh true. They just don't want to be incriminated. You know, yeah. but like it's only them two. So like are they just hoping that like like in the case you know, of what if there's a wire or uh, you know, like uh anything like that, you know, it's just want to help them get down to Australia. You know what I mean? You catch my drift, you know, like sort yeah. of like that or whatever like how they their coat or whatever. Like I love, I don't know, I, I always have this, uh, like, back and forth of, like, what is in this movie that's, like, Hollywood mob stuff, mm. you know, versus, like, how the mob actually did shit, you know. And, like, we're never going to really know how they did shit. Like, I mean, that's, like, their whole thing. They don't really talk other than the few people that have. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's it's always, like, crazy to me, like, while watching these movies that, like, this is how the world functioned for, like, I mean, maybe still. I don't know. It doesn't really seem like it's a real thing anymore. Not but, uh, not in this this yeah. capacity. You know, yeah. like uh they've privatized organized crime now, you know? <laughs> like it's 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 just part of the system now. It's not necessarily <laughs> someone manipulating it from the outside. It's yeah. now it's it's just like comes, oh well pre-ordered. It's know, like it's know. like people who actually run shit or have the positions to run shit were like, "Oh, shit." They kind of had that down, you know, like that's uh, <laughs> like they were that was kind of dope. Um, we could probably do something with that. Um, 
But no, it, it is fascinating. I love that this movie is kind of like a, it chronicles several years of history, which is something that he loves, Scorsese mm. loves to do. Goodfellas did a similar thing. It, it, it went through decades. You mm-hmm. know, it starts when, uh, Hank, uh, Henry Hill's a kid and he grows and he grows and he grows watching these guys, watching these guys becoming one of these guys and then getting to a point where he has to, he has to rat. Um, mm. This is even like this is a long think, time. Like yeah, we like cover him first meet like him fixing his truck, you know, mm-hmm. or like or what's what's Pesci's character's name? And that Russ 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 yeah. Is it just Russ Buffalino? Okay, yeah, Russ. I feel like they called him. I feel like it was longer than Russ. Maybe it's Russell, but like Russell, they just they, yeah. they call him Russ in the movie. Um. Is that right? Or I don't. I don't want to just call him Russ the whole time, and then like it's. No, it's I mean like I'll know who you're talking about. It's but, Russell, but yeah, like whenever they're just like, was there was De Niro wearing some like contacts or something? Or yes. like is that okay? I was wondering because I'm like, I didn't know if it was just the no mustache on De Niro that was throwing me off. Like he didn't have a mustache. For, I I've like only seen De Niro like with a. I, I feel like maybe I don't know. Like it, there was something that was throwing me off, and I'm like. He has to be wearing contacts. It's the contacts. He's wearing bright blue contacts to further the whole Irishman thing. Okay. Um, Okay. Okay. That makes sense. Then yeah. Yeah. He's a. But man, like the. And they're also. This is one of the finest examples of de aging technology that they've they've ever used. That's Um, nuts. Like how well he looked when he was mm -hmm. young. Like when they were all young. Like I was like. it's it's just seamless. It's it you don't even think of it as like de aging really. It's just like oh yeah that's 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 him when he was young. Like mm-hmm. I don't know. It's just like they there's somehow... always one part. There's always one part that people nitpick and point to, and it's when he curb stomps the guy and he like stomps on his hand, and it's just very clearly like seventy five year old Robert De Niro like King. Um, it's I didn't even think about that at all, but it is just like an old, yeah, an old man trying to act like a young guy. Beat, yeah. yeah, okay. No, and yeah. like, that's the thing is that like, I don't give a shit, you know, I think yeah. that's a, I, I think it's fine. Like, it's not, it's not something that takes me out of the movie in the slightest. Um, and there's a great quote from Scorsese about this, like, uh, and it's relatively recently where they were asking like, why not cast another guy as young Frank Sheeran? You know, why, why go with Robert De Niro? Why, why just DH Robert De Niro and why DH Pesci and why DH Pacino? Or they don't really have to DH Pacino. He just kind of looks the same the whole fucking movie, but that's true. Yeah. He just, um, doesn't really seem to age that much, but, and he said, he said, if I'm not doing this with De Niro, then what's the point? You know, he's like, uh, I, I wanted to make a movie with my friend Robert De Niro, you know, like, uh, and, uh, yeah. That's, yeah. that's what we did, you know? And I think that that's a great attitude to have as a director, you know, like he, he and I think it works better this way, you know, cause there's, there's these things that people point to in like contrast to this, where it's like, what about literally another De Niro movie, the Godfather two, where De Niro is playing a young Marlon Brando, you know, obviously you're not flashing mm. forward in that movie to Marlon Brando and him explaining stuff and everything like that. But you know, it's a, it's a, a notoriously well done recast where they were like, Oh yeah, we can, Mm -hmm. we can pull this off. Um, and he's like, I don't, what's the fucking point if it's not with Robert De Niro, you know, like, uh, awesome. I mean, I think it's a great, I think it's a great attitude, but uh, I think it works seamlessly though. I mean, it's like, 
Like it it was sick just seeing like the I really love this time jump back and forth. I think it like I was talking about how like this movie kind of had some secret sauce to it. And maybe that's that's kind of what it is is that it it really just felt like we were following his life. Like it this this felt like a a documentary. Like I don't mm. it, it felt just very real and and I didn't know like how much of the story was real. You know, I don't, I didn't look into this at all before, and I'm like, yeah, I, I heard the name Jimmy Hoffa um, before, but I didn't, I didn't know anything about the guy. And then obviously, when the JFK, solidarity, yeah, when the JFK stuff comes up, and I'm like, okay, well, obviously, we're in real land. Yeah. yeah, I'm like, okay, okay, so, so what, what is the, the uh, validity to the story here? And it, it really is just, just Frank getting old and starting to talk. And then, hmm. Yeah, when those wow. agents come up to him and they're like, they're dead. Yeah. Like, Everyone is dead. People yeah. just want to know what happened now. It's not like we can really do anything about it even at mm. this point. You know, like, we're not going to, fu- like, we're not going to fucking send you to prison. You know, like, it's like, you're yeah. about to die. You know, like, it's a. <laughs> Damn. Yeah. They're just like. The their family just needs to know what happened. You know that's all. Um, protecting himself, though, dude. Yeah, who are you? There's something, man. It's like, well, do you, do I want to tell the kids that I'm the one who who pulled the trigger? You know, it's like, yeah, yeah. probably not. Uh, sorry, gentlemen. But he I could tell him that he didn't just disappear. He did get whacked. You know, like uh, mm-hmm. he yeah. got whacked, and it was at the order of these people. This is why doesn't necessarily have to go i shot him in the head twice yeah my best friend of however long one of my closest confidants no like this was my third viewing this was my third viewing of this movie i watched it for the first time when it came out i watched it for the second time not even that long ago like five months ago six months ago like it this is my favorite martin scorsese movie I have I have no doubt about it either. And that's what like I've regarded Wolf of Wall Street as my favorite Scorsese movie for a while now. Mm-hmm. Um and I'd watch this ten times out of ten before I watch the Wolf Wolf of Wall Street again. Um and huh. there is there is a reason I can point to, you know, when it comes to his other gangster movies, Goodfellas, Casino, the likes of those. You know, there is there is a personal touch, you know, there, whenever you're looking at Goodfellas, you see the little kid looking through the window and observing the gangsters and wanting to ascend to this life. At that point, when he made that movie, that's who he was, you know, Scorsese. Mm-hmm. This mm-hmm. movie, he, sh- he's shearing at the end. You know, yeah. like, and that's what's like, he's been talking yeah. so much recently about his mortality and how he doesn't have much time oh. left to create and all this stuff. And Dude. watching that come through with like, this is so much more personal than any of his other gangster movies. Uh, and it's, yeah. it's blatant as day, like the confrontation of mortality, recognizing that you don't have much time left and what you do with that time how you want to correct errors of your past and what you mm-hmm. want to do going forward. Like, yeah. oh, oh man. And that's not even like, that's not a huge chunk of the movie, you know, like that's the beginning and the end, oh, yeah. you know, yeah. um, like his daughter, like, you know, like, mm-hmm. like 
And is that the uh, same actress for Rogue? That yeah, Anna Paquin. Okay, that's what I thought. Uh, that's pretty cool. But uh, I, I liked that, like, addition to the story as well of, like, just the other daughters didn't really seem to care as much. They seem to be in the know, but it's that he beat up that shop owner right in front of her. Mm-hmm. You know, I guess that that was just, I, I don't know if that's, maybe she's just different than the the daughters are just more accepting, whatever. They obviously don't like it, but they're like, it's it kind of seems whatever to them, but then there's only mm-hmm. this one focus on, is it Peggy? Or is that a different? Yeah, Peggy. Okay, it is Peggy. Yeah, cause yeah no, because he goes and talks to the Peggy. other daughter who's still talking to him. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And he's like, I just want to talk to her, you know. I think the thing for me is that Peggy's the oldest, right? Pretty sure Peggy is the only daughter he had with his first wife also. Um, I think maybe two because there was Peggy and then a baby at that house, I believe. I think. Like, oh, that's right. Maybe like a like a new. Maybe. OK, yeah, I thought all the kids were actually the first wife, but that's. He no, like he had, I think he had a couple kids with the second with the yeah. second woman in his life. Yeah. And that, you know, I think there's just harbored resentment over that potentially like having left, mm-hmm. you know, like he's like uh, he tells that part of the story. It's very similar to the Wolf of Wall Street when he's like, uh, you know, there's never a good time to leave your wife. Yeah. But that's when I left mine, you know, Damn. like uh, that line was I was just like, oh, I was like, uh, okay like i'm like man we're moving like he just saw like saw her as a wait just saw a waitress you know and she was actually in the wolf of wall street also by the way that woman um what yeah she's a, a she's like a, a or, something? or like yeah, a, she's not part of the staff at stratton oakmont she's the one who um <laughs> there jordan belfort's up on the stage when he's about to leave and he's like this woman right here you know, like, uh, she came to me, not a penny in her pocket. And now she's, and she's like, I fucking love you, Jordan Belfort. You know, like that whole thing. That's the same. That's the same lady. Uh, she's fucking incredible. Um, but nevertheless, like it's, it's fascinating because there are, I think there's a reason these two are Irishmen and Wolf of Wall Street are my favorite Martin Scorsese movies. They're kind of like mirrors of each other where hmm. Scorsese, he has more empathy for Frank Sheeran than he does Jordan Belfort, you know, which is wild. You know, it it seems like, like it comes through as him being, he, he likes Sheeran more than he liked Jordan Belfort. There's a scumminess to to what Belfort did Mm -hmm. that he doesn't see, or he doesn't Trey in Sheeran, you know, because even through all the terrible shit Sheeran does, it almost feels tragic more so than you are a piece of shit, you know, like when he does, when he whacks Jimmy Hoffa, that moment made me cry this time. And it was because it's been portrayed as that's like, it's one of those things where it's like. Like, he was the one who needed to do it, not just pass it off onto someone else. Like, it's like, if someone's going to do this, it should be me, okay. you know? And it's, and it's, it's kind of like a... There. Yeah, it's like, yeah. like, he was, whenever, 
Russell told him that like it has to be you. I had to involve you. You know, like it couldn't be like he he seemed pissed at first just because he had to do. It. You know, it's like he doesn't want to even do it in the first place. But yeah, he's like, ordered to. But now he's like, oh well. Now if it's gonna be anybody, you know, it would be best to be me. And I, like the whole time, I was I was like, I was just questioning whether he was actually going to kill him or not because the movie it's like there was so much more left, and I thought like they were gonna go on the run or something like that. Like he wasn't gonna kill him, try to like hide him and. I don't like I don't because mm-hmm. but then like the floor like them replacing the floor <sighs> right when walk, I, you know. like when they walk in and he's like a uh, Russell and then he looks in he sees that something's not right and even still he Jimmy Hoffa does not think Frank would be the one to do it he's like Frank let's get out of here you've been set up too you know he he knows he's been set up but he thinks yeah. Frank's not in on it you know, and that's part of what makes it sad too. Like, there's just so much there that's devastating. And they got the building up of the relationship. Yeah, drive them there, dude. The son had no idea what the fuck, dude. That's so sad. That is sad. That is bad. That is bad. And they and dude, dude was pissed when someone was 15 minutes late. Five minutes over his 10 minute a lot of time. He was. They were 40 minutes late on this one. So mm-hmm. he was pissed off you know like i mean like i he didn't have a good a good good death at all dude was like he's pissed off from the 40 minute fucking thing he's smelling fish in the back of a car because his son had to deliver a fucking fish dude there's another moment though whenever he like gets in the car and he's not really expecting to see frank and you know he Mm. gets in the car and frank hugs him and then jimmy starts to pull away and Frank's still in the hug for like it's not long, like it's like a yeah, half a second longer. Extra grab. Yeah, yeah. And he's like, extra grab. he's like, mm-hmm. this is the last time I'm going to be with my friend. You know, like it's just, oh, uh-huh. dude, it's devastating. And that's that's something that I've never, I've never gotten out of this movie. I've never thought of it as, mm-hmm. you know, I've thought about it as somber. You know, I've thought about it as like, ah, fuck, man, this is just, damn. Mm-hmm. You know, like this is just how things go when you're in the mob. You know, like this is. Just what happens. Um, but there was something about it this time. Like, and it is very, it is because of that ending. It's the fact that, you know, we don't, like, I'm, I'm gonna keep coming back to Wolf of Wall Street funny enough, you know, like you'd think Goodfellas and Casino would be the more obvious comparisons, but I don't um, think so. Yeah. I don't know. I think there's, we there. there's no remorse that Jordan Belfort shows. That's we don't get true. to a point where he feels bad about what he's done. Yeah. And he knows what he's doing. He knows Frank what he's doing. feels yeah. terrible about what he's done. He he has nothing but regrets. You know, that's all he's made of at this point. And I have my favorite line is uh, it's just kind of like a it's something he's trying to convince himself of. I can't remember who he's talking to or if it's just one of the. uh like uh confessionals uh, sort of mm-hmm. and he goes the intention was there i think he's talking to the priest yeah they're praying, yeah yeah praying together and, and then he's, he's like, like the intention was there and he says it mm-hmm. twice like yeah. he's like i really meant good you know i meant to do good things i meant to be good by my family i meant to do but i wasn't you know mm-hmm. like because at every turn that's what's so fascinating about this character compared to pretty much any of his mob movie protagonists. This is probably the most similar to Ace Rothstein, but he's still like, he's 
he's kind of a blend between Nicky Santoro and Casino and Ace Rothstein, where like he does the job that Nicky does, but he's got the composure and the the attitude about yeah. it that Ace Rothstein does. So yeah, he yeah. doesn't he doesn't go off the rails. He doesn't go nuts. He's 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 always in control of the situation, you know. Mm. Yeah. Um, um, and so was, you never look at him cool like to- this guy's unhinged. It was cool to see the switch, like uh, have Joe Pesci be the the boss or like the the higher right. up, and have have De Niro be the muscle, you know, in this one. I thought that was pretty cool to to watch. It's also like, a refreshing change of pace to have Joe Pesci not be a fucking nut, you know, yeah, like he is. That was, that was nice. It was nice just to see him. He's good act. too, man. Yeah, oh, he's good man. in this. First, at, at old Joe Pesci, I like. I didn't. I was like, wait a minute, is that Joe? I'm like. That's fucking Joe Pesci. I'm like, because I didn't know. I, I literally only knew De Niro was in this movie. I'm like, mm-hmm. and I'm like, Al Pacino, I think is in here. But like, he wasn't popping up for so long. that I'm like, is Al Pacino in this movie? I don't know. Um, yeah. But I'm it's like, the first it, time that all three of these dudes have been in the same movie. Yeah. I when, Whenever I saw uh, Russell for a little bit, I'm like, that sure looks a whole lot like Joe Pesci there. And I pulled up the IMDb, IMDb and I'm like, oh, man. I'm like I, I at, from that moment I'm like I'm in for a good treat you know I I oh, got yeah. De Niro Joe Pesci and Al Pacino I'm like okay I'm I'm chilling and uh, I don't know I I really like the I feel like the more memorable part of the movie is like the end or like kind of halfway and then on but like I really yeah, like, like the slow kind of start like just the building of those relationships yeah that life like he's just a uh butcher delivery driver or like just yeah you know yeah just, just drive the truck meat. i don't know he just delivers meat and then he what happens so russell fixes fixes his car but he doesn't even tell him his name just kind of goes mm-hmm. off and is you know whatever and then he's how does he like what's the first thing he's in the same restaurant as um the guy who ran the butcher shop and like takes a cut off the top and has or whatever. What's his name? Like yeah. Slicer or something like that. I don't know. He had a, a butcher name. He's like, oh, Razor. Yeah. And then, Razor. There it is. Yeah. Razor. And he's like, hey, I can get you steaks or whatever. And then he just fucking yoinks them. I love, he just, he just yoinks the steaks. And, and the whole thing that, that like he's innocent is just that little like, silver lock thing on the lock you know or mm-hmm. whatever he hides it in his sleeve takes them all out and then puts it on after they're all out and it's like i don't know man couldn't have been me i just drive the fucking truck dude i don't know what you're talking about like this is just uh this is just what happened know, well that's what's blame. interesting too is that like the second time he stole or maybe third i don't know i when, when he gets confronted but no I, I love that early like the early part of the movie of him just oh yeah the rise yeah getting was, into that life because he's not like you know um He's in it, mm-hmm. but uh, there there comes a point whenever they're like, "Do you want to, you know, you want to do a job for us?" Mm. You know, wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Um, and the way he explains, like, uh, there's this one spot on the river that, like, if you were to go, if they were to go fish in there, you could arm a small country. And, it, and then we get that montage of him just tossing guns off the bridge, like oh he has killed God. a lot of people. I think. Oh, is that? Um, let's see. What what assassination was that? There's a lot of assassinations in this movie, just straight up gun to the face. But he's that. That was one of my favorite monologues he had. He was like, "I recommend something new, out of the box, you know, or whatever." And he's just 
like monologue and he's like is it oh is that the guy who told him to go blow up the laundromat yeah that's the and first then, one and then Har- that's the first time angelo, harvey can tell yeah, angelo yeah, the yeah. actual boss is like a He's like, whenever he's like pouring the gasoline on the laundromat and then Razor pulls up and he's like, come with me. You know? Angelo wants to see you. Now, oh, what's it about? I don't know. Just come with me. You know, and you don't, like, you don't yeah, ignore that, that request. Yeah, you don't ignore like, that request. Oh, um, fuck. Yeah. I, he, he, in that moment, he's like, this could either be really good or really, really bad. I, I don't yeah. know, but I got to go. Don't have a choice. You know, got to, got to sit down. And, and I, he's like, yeah, no, uh. He's like, I, I, it's no big deal. I can give the money back. I can give the money back. We can wash our hands of it. It's all good. He won't need it. Mm-hmm. No, I mean, like, for real, it's okay. I can give it. He won't need it. Oh, okay. Thanks. Thanks. He's like, you know, and he's, I see. Like, okay, I'll so you'll go take ahead and go him. shoot I'll him in the head the real quick. Yeah. Um, I thought at first he was like, oh, like, okay, you'll, you'll take care of him or whatever. I'll just keep the money. And then it's like, no, we need. That's your payment yeah. to shoot yeah. him. Yeah, yeah. That's, uh, oh man, I love the just that slow ride. That was that was one of my scenes. I think, yeah, the him meeting with him, like just the whole like turnaround. I thought he was about to blow up a laundromat, and I'm like, holy shit, we're about to fucking see this building go up. And then it's yeah. like, ah, you know. And then the meeting with with the boss, and you know, go go kill this guy for us. Was that also the um? Oh no! I don't think that was. I think. Okay, I, that's what I was mixing up. Was the scene where it was like the overhead in like the hotel room where all the guns mm, are on Joey the, Gallo. Okay, that's right. Yeah, that's my guns. scene. The assassination Dude. of Joey Gallo. Like from the moment he's deciding what gun to pick oh to yeah. after the hit's been done. Um, him yeah. walking up in there, turning around, firing with both the guns and stuff like. Um, but that whole, like, you don't want to use this cause it's too loud. You don't want to use a silencer because you want people to run. You don't, yeah. you don't want them to see you, you know, like, uh, all this, you know, this is too big. This is too small. Mm. What you want is something like this. They call it a woman's gun because it's so small and dainty, but it gets the job done. Okay. You know? I'm glad, uh, I'm glad you got that then. Cause that was, that was one of my scenes I was, I was thinking of, but I'll, I'll go with the. Well, it's just a hero, man. Yeah, mm. dude, He's, he is so fucking good. Yeah, um, so that scene was really that the shot though of like all the guns on the bed, you know, slowly setting like them aside, setting, and, yeah. then, and then like going. He's he's explaining. He's like, yeah, no, you got to go in there. You got to take out the bodyguard. You don't have any beef with him, so you just got to disable him. You know, no no face or chest shots. You know, you got to hit him in, in the arm or the leg, whatever. And you got to look out for he might he might have a have a you know a strap on him, but if it's going to be there in the restaurant, it's going to be in his wife's purse. You know he's just going through these things, and none of them matter. There's no he doesn't disable a bodyguard. There's no gun pulled. He just walks in there, and just just blasts the fucking dude. Walks out, and I and like the driver, he's like, yeah, you know he he doesn't Goes really the block comes back. <laughs> like oh my god, is is it really? Like I feel like today. If you pull up, shoot someone in a restaurant, walk back out in a car and go, can you really get away with it that easily? You not know? now. I guess we got not cameras. Now. Yeah, the shit, CCTV so like, sort of thing going on there has got to be a lot better now than it was then. You know, maybe that's the real fall 
of the uh, the mob is literally just cameras. technology. Yeah, yeah. Uh, just uh, and yeah, Can't drugs. Really stuff. They'll be the That's end of this true. business. It's actually, the fall. Of course, of course, we know this. I've seen the Godfather. Come on, yeah, what am I talking about? They'll be the end of this business. Yeah, no, know. it's a. Uh... Uh, this is uh I, I would I would agree. I like I said, this is my favorite Scorsese movie, so I, I do hold it above his other mob flicks, you know, and mm. it's been I, I went on a little Scorsese care Scorsese tear about six months ago, so I did rewatch Goodfellas and I did watch mm-hmm. Casino and I watched The Irishman. And at the time the Irishman was my three out of those three. And now I've watched it now and I'm like, oh no, it's my favorite. And it's just uh mm. fascinating how things like that can evolve so quickly for you. You know, you watch something once and doesn't, I, I always appreciate it, but it just didn't click the way it did this most recent time. And mm. man, I wonder I if I'll go the reverse it's fucking, way. It's yeah. Cause I have it to look have at it too, flip. man. Like I'm, I'm first watch out of Irishman and I'm like, yeah, I, I have it above casino and Goodfellas, like kind of right away. But I wonder mm. if I go back and watch casino and Goodfellas, if I'm like, right. wait a minute, wait a minute now. <laughs> um, no, I th- I think this one will stay my favorite of his of his gang movies. Um, and I know he, I think so the age, the age. You, you know, you're talking about how how he's like starting to deal with his own mortality and stuff like that. I think like he's also just more of a seasoned, just yeah, know, filmmaker. Uh, he, he knows what he's doing. He's worked with De Niro a whole fucking lot. Worked with Joe Pesci. I'm like, not only is he seasoned and yeah, he like, knows what he's doing, but De Niro, Joe Pesci, Pacino, they all know what they're doing. You know, like there's, it's just a bunch of seasoned vets in this game mm-hmm. doing some of the coolest shit you've ever seen them do. Yeah. I, I was very, very close to going Pacino, uh, performance wise. Um, yeah, performance, I was never in doubt, really. Um, it was just character. Character's the only thing I'm I'm kind of just wanted to talk through it to see if a character rises above Frank. I mean that I, mm. I don't think it's really anyone other than him. I'm just I wanted to see if we could, I could spread the love, but I don't on performance I don't Solidarity. Think. He did you know, he did have Solidarity. Some good, he did have some good pep talks. Okay. No, I, and, and that's the thing, is that like I, I there's a really interesting angle with Pacino where you know I I love I love a union man you know he's about his he's about his union he's about his team he wants to mm. get his people paid um but there are multiple points where it seems like he might be in it for the wrong reason mm. you know where it's like uh JFK is you know unions are notoriously you I know I guess his thing right that's, li- that's like it's, J- it's a liber- unions are a pretty liberal you know, mm. side of things, you know, they, they, they want to team together to, you know, make their money together and spread the love and all that. It's pretty, it's pretty socialist to have mm. a union. Um, but it's just because of a personal vendetta with Robert that he yeah, doesn't Boobie. support JFK. Booby. Good old Booby Kennedy. Booby Kennedy. Uh, was he actually called that? Like, is that, I don't know. That's the I first think, time I've I think Hoffa him. called him Booby Kennedy. Okay. Is okay. Bobby. Bobby Kennedy. And he he stretched it out to Booby Kennedy. Thank you, thank you. Um, I was trying to find the connection there. I've only yeah, heard of yeah, Bobby, oh, okay. Bobby to like, Booby. Was it? Is, did he just choose Booby? I'm like, did did this guy <laughs> just be like, nah, Booby Kennedy? Fuck this nah, guy. Call me Booby. Um, I am the president's brother and the attorney general of the United States. Please yeah. call me Booby Kennedy. Um, 
I really wonder, like, with the JFK stuff there, like, how much, how much of that is, like, really, like, did they really get him into office? Like, is it, did it only take Illinois to sway some votes in that, like, that's what it is, you know? Like, I don't know. I feel like the mob isn't solely responsible for getting No, no, certainly not. But uh, they do a lot in this movie to show how they swayed influence over over history. You know, like, we get to, we get Watergate. Watergate's brought up in this movie at one point, and they're like, yeah, you know, they're like, yeah, we made sure people knew about that, you know, like, uh, shit, shit like that. It's just, uh, that's kind of, that's nuts. Like, if they, if, and the line of like, if they can whack the president, they can whack the president of a union, you know, and it was like, oh, shit, like, like, holy fuck, like, I don't know if I want to believe these people and like you know that uh, right. what what these people are talking about are true. They're, they live some fucked up lives. Why? I don't know. Would they lie about that just to get their name? You know, just to add. I don't and know. That's the other like, thing is that like, uh, how much of that is because a lot a lot of the deal with mob is that with the mob is that fear mongering and 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 Hollywood. It's like you know they're not going to be like yeah we killed the president publicly, but if you can go to someone and go. You know, if we can kill the president, we can kill this fucking guy. And then they're like, oh, God, can they kill the president? And like the the idea that that's even possible is what's scary. You know, the idea that that's even something that you can doubt, like you can go, wait, did they? It makes that it makes them fucking horrifying. You know, it's like uh, like there's there's two different kinds of like assassinations. There's like Lincoln, where that's just kind of cut and dry. He, that's just like a hate crime, you know, just like Place, wanting wrong to, time. Yeah, just getting them out of there, you know. But JFK's there's 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 always been a conspiracy to it, you know. Like I remember I was obsessed with it in high school. I did like a in in history class. I think I did like a whole we had I mean, like a conspiracy in, in history and just go, you know, and like and present it to the class and I chose JFK and I don't even know. I don't even know my the solution or like the answer I got to. I, I think honestly, there's just more questions whenever I looked into it. It's like it, I don't fucking know. Um, mm-hmm. But I, well, I love thing is that like that a lot of the conspiracies in. stem from the idea that people don't want to think that the person who is pretty widely considered the best president, you know, like the the best president of all time. Could yeah. just be killed by some fucking guy who happened to be who happened to have a vantage point, you know. Like, uh, there's got to be there's got to be a plan oh. here. Why? Why the only president with Addison's disease too? Got to get like assassinated real early. Right. Like, I could have. I don't know. Could have done some shit. Who knows? Maybe he would have been president for longer. They could have cured that shit because he's the president. I don't know. Right. Right. Um, for anyone not in the know, I got that too. That's me. Me and JFK are, are tight. We're like this. I yeah. feel like he's like my past life. If I had to, if I had, if I right, had a past right. life, I'm, I'm fucking, I was, I'm I was JFK. Yeah. Uh, uh, so, but I am but, John F. Kennedy. It's only, no, only but. a small part of the movie, but even that scene of like the, like on the TV, the like I almost started yeah. to tear up a little bit. I was like, because I've never really heard that before. Like anytime a nine 11 moment comes up in a movie and they're like, you know, looking at the TVs and like, that that's just happening. I'm like, oh, when there's a oh, moment where like, every you know, eye in the country is mm-hmm. on this one thing, it's important. Yeah. You know, like it, you feel the weight of that. Yeah, mm-hmm. and and even um, Hoffa, you know, he was hated Jay. You know, he was all oh, fuck, fuck this guy, fuck you know. But he he even like 
just kind of sat down and was like, oh, sh- like, oh, shit. Like, you know, maybe he was sort of happy for a little bit, whatever. I mean, his vendetta wasn't really with, with JFK, but I, I don't know, even just kind of the camera sticking on him for a little bit and just, you know. That's fascinating. Like, yeah, I took that to emphasize how little he gave a fuck. Oh, he just sat down and was like, what, whatever. Went, went back to his business. He was like, well, I'm going to finish my That's- meal. Uh, oh, I, did he just go straight back to eating? Did he? Yeah, eat? I think he went straight back to his ice cream. Yeah, he took a bite. Yeah, oh, then yeah, he doesn't give a fuck. Okay, yeah, I yeah. Think he just sat down. Yeah, and... if your appetite's not gone after that, you don't give a fuck. Yeah, yeah no. okay, <laughs> you don't give a flying fuck. That, like when he when he leaves the building, they're like, "Are you going to?" He, he leaves the union Ooh. building, and he's like, "Are you going to the president's oh. funeral?" Uh, and he's like, "I wasn't invited." I forgot yeah. he literally raised the flag from half staff. Okay. Yeah, yeah, never mind. I no, got the yeah, wrong. He doesn't give a fuck. Um, yeah. Well, <laughs> can we get any? Can we get any comment on the president's death? Um, Robert's just some lawyer now. You know, Damn. like uh, that's what he is pre. He's like, fuck the president's brother, fuck that guy, and now that he he's gone, good riddance. I don't have a fucking problem breathing down my back. You know, like uh. Mm. Yeah, no, I mean, I, there's there's a lot of great scenes with Al Pacino. I think that uh, one of my favorites is the meeting in Florida, where the little man shows Ooh. up with uh, the shorts. He's you know 15 <laughs> minutes late, and they argue about what the proper etiquette is on wait time. You know, mm-hmm. he's like, uh, "I give you 10 minutes." He's like, "Nah, you give 15." You know, traffic, and he's like, "I am accounting for traffic. 10 minutes." You know, like uh, uh, and and. and you know, Fat Tony's, or I can't remember. It's not Fat Tony. It's uh, just the guy everyone loves, which I I, I thought was an yeah. awesome little character detail. They're like, nobody has any beef with this guy. He lived to be an old and happy man. Yeah. Uh, like, <laughs> he okay. rocks. Um, yeah. <laughs> and he's like, he's like, yeah. So you're gonna you're gonna meet him. You know, what about twelve and a half minutes? You know what? Twelve and a half minutes. What about that? Yeah, goes, no. Come on, come on. Yeah. Oh no, just it. What was that meeting even for in the first place? Oh, to get him to endorse him. Yeah, yeah. needing need an endorsement, and then just goes off on the guy, you know. Like, yeah, I mean that—that that was the one thing we were told earlier in the movie. You know, he doesn't drink. He doesn't, you know, he, he doesn't drink. He whatever. Hates watermelon. He does hate watermelon, and that's why they fucking ch- just Spiked. plopped a you know, just plopped a whole vodka bottle in there. You guys thought, really like watermelon, don't you? Man, I thought he was gonna take a bite and then figure it out and then. Just kill the dude right then and there. That's right. what I thought was going to happen with that. Because I'm like, because Frank wasn't eating any of the watermelon. Frank didn't touch his watermelon whatsoever. It was mm-hmm. his plate was full, no, not even a single bite. That dude was just chomping. He was just like, oh, oh and he do the little slurp every yeah. time too to get like Pulling the juices the out. Oh, uh, dude, yeah, he's he's feeling it. You know, I think he's he's having a good time. Uh-huh. Yeah, no, man. I there's just like that's what's so fulfilling about this. You know, Goodfellas is I think two and a half hours. It's like it's a sizable movie. Um I think the longer you get to sit with these characters and the better you get to know them and their little the little things in the movie always makes it better. It's the same thing again, same thing with Wolf of Wall Street at three hours long. Like it's just little things like that, just the oh man, you should have seen this guy. It was like Moses and he takes a bite of the watermelon. What, what was it? The ocean or the sea, whatever the fuck. Yeah. You know, he, he, he just potted. He he came in and, and everybody listened to him, you know? You got you gotta look out for this guy, Hoffa. I'm telling you, Jimmy, this guy's got it. I don't know what it is, but this guy's got it. Yeah, like yeah. just hyping him up. Yeah, like that was, Oh yeah, that was right. That was uh 'cause 
he just needed a bodyguard or someone to stay with him. And that was like the mm. first time he was meeting Frank, right? Like, yeah. Uh, in person. Was that the first time in person that they met? I think so. Because uh, he, he had him come out there to solve a union dispute where the, uh, the rival union was going to get some, some sort of drivers who were like, they were going to get their dues. So that's the other thing is uh, that like right. a lot, like, you know, he wants to build his union. But it's not for the sake of helping his union. It's so that he can make more fucking money, oh, yeah. you know. And like that's another thing with uh with that character there. But uh, man, yeah, it was just uh, I fucking love this movie. I do, mm. and uh, I do think that Al Pacino's performance of Jimmy Hoffa, like, it makes sense that him and Pesci both earned, you know. Oscar noms for this. Mm. There are so many little moments with that character that end up just making me <laughs> fucking die. Like it's it's inadvertently funny at a lot of points. It's mm -hmm. and I mean like it's funny because of the way Al Pacino's performing it, and it's supposed to be funny, but it's not a truly like fun. It's not like no, you're gonna guffaw comedic. or anything. Yeah, yeah. like whenever comedic, he's in that but... hearing and Booby Kennedy is like. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, what about the, where, where did those come from? Um, individuals. And he's like, uh, what individuals? Well, the $30,000, which I got in loans, which I requested, I have. Oh. And then it just wow. like cuts to Booby Kennedy and all the dudes up there. And they're all just kind of like, like, what does that even fucking mean? You know, like, uh, is that how easy it is to dupe the legal system? You just got to say a bunch of shit that doesn't incriminate you, but it sounds that you're saying it right. You sounds know? like you're saying stuff, but you're not actually saying anything. Yeah. Was that the same hearing? Or maybe that was a different one where he like he had an assassination attempt on him by like a with a pellet gun or something like yeah, that? Yeah, different different thing. Yeah. 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 But it was like a, a I pellet gun. A, I yeah. I was instructed by a higher power that I had to shoot Jimmy. Hopper. Yeah. But like. So he says, you know, after the dude, the gun clicks. And I didn't know if it was actually, like, shooting pellets or if it was a real gun and it just clicked and, like, it jammed or whatever. But, like, Hoffa says, like, I got hit with two pellets and it didn't even hurt. It, it tickled him. Like, you know, yeah, it's like, it's, I, I barely felt anything, you know. But this, like, I, this is my son right here. This is my son right here. I yeah, taught him well. You, you know, charge you a man a with a gun. Yeah, you see yeah. a knife, you run away. You see a gun, you charge the man. And look what you he did. Yeah, it was, it was perfect. You charge with a gun, with a knife, you run. The the mm -hmm. little rhyme he made up there on the spot fucking oh, yeah, he's fucking like, up. And there. I rhymed. He even brought it up. He's like, oh, I rhymed there or something. Yeah, like, <laughs> he, you know, he, I love the the over-the-top nature of Jimmy Hoffa. And I think, I think, like, usually you get that over-the-top kind of from Joe Pesci. I guess oh, Al Pacino yeah. kind of does that, too. It's kind of his bag. Yeah, he, you know, he can get up. angry for but, sure. Oh, dude, I love him when he's going off, especially in the office. Like, whenever he's like, you cocksuckers, I'm going to prison because of you. Fathers! <laughs> fucking fathers! You know, he does that whole thing. Like, he's having a tough time getting the words out because he's uh -huh. so mad. So dude, big. it's fucking yeah. incredible. Uh, no, that didn't Frank, apply to you. What do you What yeah. do you mean it didn't yeah, apply to you? Standing in the back, right like, he's standing there, and I'm thinking, like, while he's saying this, I'm like, is he meaning this for Frank or like, is it just obviously these dudes in here, you know, Frank's just 
just chilling back there. And then I saw him leave and I'm like, oh, Frank's pissed. Like, yeah, he's either, it's either Frank's pissed and he's offended or he's like, this dude's going to prison. I'm out of here. You know, yeah, he's right, like, yeah. I, you're done. Like, I'm, so you can tell those guys they're cocksuckers. They're dumb cocksuckers yeah. and they go fuck themselves, but you can't tell me that. I'm getting, I'm getting the fuck. It's like, no, 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 no. Like I didn't that. mean that for you. I didn't mean that for you. He puts his jacket on and Hoffa goes to him, takes it. Come on, stay for a while, you know? Come on, man. Like, what's going on? Well, it's also, it further, there's just a lot of great work with the relationship between Hoffa and Frank over the course of this movie. Mm. Like, the, the relationship they formed is so meaningful and so palpable that, like, it, it it does hurt at the end, you know? Mm. Like, when they're, you know, when Pesci's like, I chose us over him, you know? Like, that's what I, I know. did. It's when, like, for example, when he leaves that room, we watch Frank shut the door. And two seconds later, Hoffa's out there like like he stopped the meeting where he was berating yeah. everybody to be like, I got to go get my buddy Frank real quick. Mm-hmm. And he never that's for a true. second has any. Any doubts about Frank being in his corner, you know, like, yeah. There's that yeah, moment like, after he's had that conversation with, uh, after Hoffa's had the conversation with Russ, where he's like, there's some people, you know, there's, you know, not me, but some people who, mm, you know, mm-hmm. they're not okay with the way you're doing things. I think you're getting out of hand and all that. And he's like, it's like, well, I, I, I went to school for five fucking years, <laughs> you know, I didn't name one name. Mm-hmm. And then he's like, yeah, you know, yeah, that was good. That was good. Yeah, you you, know, you okay. did a good thing. But then, uh, you know, Russ goes and talks to Frank and that's, Another just brilliant conversation. Got to tell him, you know, it's what it is. And then, like, uh, mm. Frank hears that, and he's like, "Like, you can see him, like, he's, it's what no. it is." And he's like, like, "No, I don't know." It's so the friendship, like, he has. I feel like he has way more of a friendship with Hoffa than he does with Russ, like Russell. And but you know, the, he he plays both sides. He's oh, you know, he's never like hateful to any one of them. It's just that like the his relationship with Hoffa is a little stronger. And I think that's like, just because you see um, Russell and Frank bowling together. And then he tries to like talk to Peggy or whatever. And it's just like, mm. he's just a creep, just a creepy fucking dude, you know, or whatever. Like you want some Why candy? Why God made the sky so high? It's so the little birdies don't hit their head when they're flying around up there. That's a good one. You know, that that's a great one. You you want, you want any candy? You're hungry. You got, you got some, what do you want? He's like, ah, I'm okay, but then you see Hoffa coming over there, and it's like they're hitting it off. You know, it's just like mm-hmm. that dude's just chill. And I don't know if it's. I think the uh, like the daughters, his four daughters, especially Peggy, in yeah, this Peggy. movie is like it's his like, uh, or she's kind of like a crime detector. I don't know of, of sorts, or like the conscience. Oh, dude, there's of, like Frank. I noticed because I watched it again like a second time somehow magically in the middle of this podcast um mm-hmm. <laughs> weird how that works yeah. yeah no we had some technical issues yesterday so we had to cut off at a certain point we're picking it up in a new day so i got a chance to watch the movie again um mm-hmm. with a new a new perspective not a new perspective but just a refined perspective and every almost every single time that frank kills a guy mm-hmm. they cut to the news report Peggy hearing it and Peggy uh, looking right at Frank and seeing uh, what he does, nice. you know, and every t- like Frank's reading in the newspaper about like the first hit he took out and he like looks up at Peggy and Peggy's just like staring at him and mm-hmm. he just looks back to the paper. And it's just like these little moments where it's clear mm-hmm. that Peggy knows 
exactly what he is oh, yeah. and who he is. And she sees Hoffa as the opportunity to remove himself from that situation where she sees Russ as the relationship mm. he has to both of them, where Hoffa, it's love. You know, like it's it's a love he has for Hoffa and for Russ, it's mm-hmm. respect. Yeah. You know, he put him on, he gave mm-hmm. him all the opportunities in the world. And he, you know, he does love the guy to an extent, but it's it's born out of just like the way you do things. You get shit done, and I respect that, and I'm here to work for you, and I'm here to do these things for you. Um, mm-hmm. With Hoffa, it was just like they had a kinship that was born of circumstance, not like yeah. I got a job for you. You know, you want to do this, you know. Like, and I know mm-hmm. it's like ah, I heard you paint houses, you know. But uh, he becomes yeah, his bodyguard. All, and they become yeah, best friends together right? a lot more. I mean, he's literally like his body. You know, he's he's there in his hotel room every night, making sure no, you know, no one's. That's that's what I was thinking. Is like, is Frank literally staying up that whole night, you know, or is he just sleeping out there? But he's a light, you know. He's he's just he'd be hit first, you know. I was like, man, Frank's Frank's got a really fucked up sleep schedule, you know. If he's if he's got to do all this shit during the day and then go to Hoffa's hotel room and then buy, you know, wait for him. I don't know. Is he just waiting for anyone to come in? Just he's he's protection, or? right? Yeah, I don't or know. That's uh, I, I, I take it that it's, it's time for bed. You know, it's Betty by mm-hmm. bed. Um, but I, I like the evolution of that even where, you know, the first mm-hmm. time they meet, he goes and sleeps on the couch outside, outside the room and mm-hmm. Alpha leaves the door cracked. Dude, I didn't you know? realize that. I didn't oh, realize dude. that that's what the ending was like. Yeah. About. Like I and I'm like, I feel, I feel so stupid. Like I, 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 oh, I didn't catch I, it until yeah, my third on. viewing. Uh, I didn't yeah. catch it until my third viewing where he's like, uh, he's like, uh, no, leave, leave the door open. I just don't close it all the way. I don't like it like that. You know, I mm-hmm. prefer it. Though. And like, God damn, man, that's another thing that just walloped me. Um, but, mm-hmm. uh, the, the evolution from sleeping out there to then mm-hmm. share, like not sharing yeah. a room and, you know, they're, 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 beds. they're yeah, they're yeah like, twin beds and stuff. Like, I fucking love that. Like, that's just talking, so. Yeah, talking. Well, as like they're in their PJs already in bed and they're just like gossiping back and forth. Like, I don't know. It's like, God, it, it would be a, it'd be nice if I had some friends who were presidents of the unions, you know? Yeah. You, uh... And like, I don't know. The, so whenever Frank asked him to be a union president as well, or sorry, whenever Hoffa asked Frank to be a yeah. union president, it seemed that Frank was a little hesitant, that he was like, I don't know, like, I, I don't know about this, but when what he was saying was like, oh, it's like, it's an honor. Like, I can't believe that you're right. asking me to do this sort of thing. But I, I, it seemed that he was sort of hesitant to it at first. And uh, I don't know. I, I, I noticed this as well. And I think that what I took from that is mostly when you take a look at the union presidents he's come to know. And for those, mo- for the movie's sake, it's just. Hoffa and Tony Pro. Mm-hmm. These dudes are constantly under scrutiny and potentially mm-hmm. on the fucking chopping block. You know, like at any there are multiple points where Hoffa's like, what do you think we can do about, you know, the little guy? And he's like, no, we can't do that. You know, he's made. He's he's what he's not made. Mm-hmm. You know, he knows yeah. he's in a position where he can get whacked if he does something that affects somebody else. That's true. You know, and knows yeah. Russ's protection. But at mm-hmm. some point, that's not enough, you know. And uh, yeah, and I guess it's it's a lot more complex of a life, you know. Frank's Frank right now, he's just 
He's the muscle, you know. He's yeah, just... he's he's low key. Not every like mm-hmm. you knew the name Jimmy Hoffa. You didn't fucking know Frank Sheeran yeah. rolled with him or anything. And, you know, like and they even like Frank didn't check in whatsoever. Like it was under Jimmy Hoffa's name, so that they no one would even know mm-hmm. that Frank was in the city with wherever Jimmy was, which was, yeah, which was pretty cool. Um, that whole sequence, the... man, fucking great. Mm-hmm. Um, him getting in there, and, yeah. When they're they're pushing the taxis into uh, uh pushing the taxis into the water and stuff, uh, and that's a, after that they go and get the watermelon and they're like, you should have seen this guy, you know that that whole thing. Uh, yeah, I love Frank in there. Like they're they're pushing them out and they're like, man, this is a lot of fucking work, man. He's like, you guys ever thought about using candy? I love the the lingo for mm-hmm. things. You know, you paint houses, you you use candy for dynamite. You, you go to prison, that's school. You you know it's. There's something for everything, and I I love the, I love that out of mob movies. I don't know, just ran, it just cool slang. It's just I love it, um, and like I guess line I don't know the line I chose is kind of it falls in that same vein of like it's just only a line you hear in a mob movie kind of yeah um and it, it's very simple. I don't Frank's just narrating and he just says three people can keep a secret. Only when two of them are dead, and I like right. for, that. It wasn't that like the line of the movie or anything that I was like, "Oh yeah, for sure." I just heard it, and I'm like, "That's just a hard mob line." Um, and I mean, like that's their that's their mentality, you know. It's like if like their trade is like information, you know. That's like that's all they do is like just what's going on. Oh, he offended this person. We gotta whack him now, and then we gotta deal with the retributions of whacking this guy, and it's like, it just is this endless cycle. Who shows up to a meeting wearing shorts? That's true. That's kind of Joe Pesci goes, nobody. That is kind of fucked. Nobody. Uh, I I watched the the round table last night of Pacino, Scorsese, De Niro, Mm -hmm. and Pesci all sitting there just having a brief... It's like a 20-minute clip that i think is available in other places but i have the criterion collection and that's one of the special features and i was like oh yeah i'm gonna fucking watch this conversation because i've seen clips over the years like little itty bitty bits i've seen the pictures of them sitting at that table and stuff Mm -hmm. so i was like ah finally i'll sit down and watch it it seems more prescient than ever for this podcast and just hearing them talk about the the process you know and something that i hadn't realized and like it's you know, like you think about it for a second, it's like, of course, but, you know, Pacino and Scorsese had never worked together. Pacino and De Niro had mm-hmm. worked together several times. This was the mm-hmm. first time De Niro was in a Scorsese movie since Casino. In 95. That's a it'd long been, time. It'd been 20 fucking years. 22, Damn. 23, 24 years. Like, uh, th- and to come back and have that just have it like that you know and it it, Mm -hmm. that furthered my emotional the emotional resonance of this movie because obviously i'd been thinking about you know scorsese talking about his mortality all the more recently and how that is reflected in sharon but he's not the only one thinking about his mortality you know de niro's thinking about it he's playing this old guy who's on his last leg yeah i'm pretty sure scorsese and de niro are the same age Mm -hmm. Um, met each other when they were 16 they've been friends ever since Oh yeah, They're, Martin Scorsese is eighty, and mm-hmm. good old Robert De Niro is also eighty years old. So yeah, that's yep. man, that's crazy. Yeah. And yeah, no, dang, but like, so that's the thing old. is that like you got you got these legends, you know, these 
create this thing that is, you know, it's decades spanning. It's it's incredibly mm. it's it's uniquely fit to these men. Also, they lived this time. Dang, I you did know, not like think about were, that at they all. They were alive yeah. through all this. They have they have yeah. the knowledge of what came before, hmm. and like, and that's why I think it was so important for them to not cast younger guys for the flashback. You need yes. these yeah. dudes doing this. I heard a good point in the debate of like you know casting a, a younger actor or or using de aging. And it was in movies where you do have a recast um, and you, you do flashback. Sometimes it's just like a short, brief period. And you're just like, oh, yeah, that's that person. And you don't have to really think that much about it. But this whole movie is flashbacks. Like the the entire movie is a flashback. It's it's mm. And then building to the point where you get to him. So like for if it was a different person, sure, it's not that hard to be like, oh, that's supposed to be De Niro's younger self, so this is just young Frank. But you kind of have to remind yeah. yourself every time you go into that flashback mode. It's it's not annoying, but it, it it's it's just this little bit of subconscious thought that you have to remind yourself that it's the character. And that takes you and, out. Yeah, but and then some people were like, oh, the de-aging, it's a little weird. It didn't really look like young De Niro, you know, when I was looking at him. And I'm like... Well, it's it's not De Niro. This is this is Frank Sheehan. You know, this is like it's a different person. We're not supposed to be seeing young De Niro. And I think like I think it worked because the whole movie, like we're talking about these legendary actors, they slip away, and it's like you you see the characters that they're playing only, mm -hmm. and not like the legendary Robert De Niro, Joe ah. Pesci, and Al Pacino. It's like no, I I it's. I don't know. I think like the oh, de aging. I thought it was points like, that like were brought up in that behind the scenes you know commentary they're talking the first scene that pacino shot was uh kennedy's election whenever he's like mm -hmm. if there's one person you can't trust it's millionaires kids and he's sitting on the couch mm -hmm. and he gets up and walks out of the room uh he's supposed to be like 45 the the advice they gave reminder you are this age you know mm -hmm. you are not you are not 79 like in, you know every time they turn on the camera they're like 45 that's how old you are. Remember, you know, yeah. just a little reminder or something, you know, like every now and yeah, then. So De Niro, there. there's a point in the, earlier in the movie where De Niro's walking downstairs and the first take, he's kind of waddling down the stairs, you know, and, <laughs> you know, uh, yeah. I think it was a, an AD or it was a Rodrigo Prieto mm -hmm. or something. They came over and were like, uh, you know, uh, we actually need, you know, De Niro to skip down the stairs a little more, you know, like to, you know, he's, he's 40, you know, he's not, he's not 75. He needs to mm -hmm. get a little bounce in his step. And Scorsese told him, you can tell him that you know <laughs> that's the thing is like you said that like uh you kind of noticed it when he was ground stomping that that shopkeeper yeah. or whatever like i don't know i really maybe i wasn't paying too much attention on how old they were supposed to be during the time and i just know it's an old actor so like yeah i guess i don't know i i really didn't didn't feel any of that or i wasn't taken out ever from like the de-aging stuff it just um, it just makes you suspend belief is all, you know, because here's the thing. Whether these dudes are 40 or they are 60. At any given point, I don't give a fuck how old they are, you know, yeah. I like that's just not something I'm thinking about. It's mm -hmm. it's not. I'm just like, well, these dudes are doing their thing for decades and that's all. You know, I don't mm -hmm. give a shit that like and I saw because uh, it was a big for some reason today on the Internet. It was a large there's a bunch of discourse on the Irishman, which is just funny. 
um, how that timing always works out for us. But uh, it was about like the de-aging and whether it's aged well and mm-hmm. how how people feel about it. And a lot of people were like, it looks terrible. And I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? I'm like, this really? looks fine. Like, it's not I like guess. It, it's not like it's seamless. There are moments where it like it's like, well, yeah, that's de-aging, but it's not like it's it doesn't take me out by any means, you know? It's. I mean, are people saying it's, like, bad because it doesn't look like the young versions of them? Or it's, like, you can see the artificialness in it? I think they, know, I think that... they, standpoint. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I was, like, I came out of this movie thinking it was done very well. Like, I, I was, like, was I'm, I, yeah. yeah, I'm, like, wow. That was, like. I really didn't notice it whatsoever. Like, I was just engrossed in the story uh, completely the whole time. And that's that's the crazy thing. It's like, it with a three-and-a-half-hour runtime, like, most of this movie is just dudes sitting down at a table talking to each other. It's like, it's like a Game of Thrones, almost. And then you get every now and then hmm. you get some pretty cool violence, you know? You get to see violence. But Somebody gets an- shot another in the head. thing, yeah. the deaths are so quick. Like, the build-up <laughs> to the kill is much, much, much more. And then the the death, like, I don't know, I kind of I kind of like that. Like, where, like, it's almost telling the story of how you're going to kill the person and, and the guns you're going to need, the plan of it all. But then you get there, and it's just boom, boom, walk off, done. Like, it's like they're dead in, in yeah, less De Niro than shot everybody. Like, there are only, yeah, there are only a couple people De Niro shoots more than twice. Like he shoots uh, Gallo multiple times, mm-hmm. shoots mm-hmm. Hoffa twice. He shoots mm-hmm. uh, he shoots the first guy he kills twice. Everybody he kills, he shoots twice, just like once mm-hmm. in the head, once for good measure. How about you know? Yeah, got the got the job done. And that's like it's weird, like seeing people die like that. But it's like, I mean, that's you don't die like oh oh no, I'm dying, and then you know you fall and then, you know, or whatever. It's like you're just gone. You know, it's such a weird. Yeah. Like, and, like, thinking of mortality and all this stuff, it's, like, you see, like, Al Pacino and Jimmy Hoffa, like, he's this big, huge, loud character and everything that he's doing, but then you see him just lay there, like, in that house, just lifeless, and you're, like, oh, my God. You're, like, there's yeah. so much going on in that moment. It's, like, it, you, the the friendship of Frank and Jimmy, like, ha- him having to do it, and you're, like, oh, my God, this is fucking happening. Like, you just can't even believe that it's, like, going to go down. And then, like, once it's finally done, you're, like, it's just, like, holy uh, like oh my god it's it was so quick you know it was just like it feels like this huge big i mean it is a big moment in the movie but it's like it's just over like that it's done you mm-hmm. know let's get out of here bang bang close the door not like there's some epic last standoff he has with frank where he's like you're really gonna do this to me frank you're gonna mm-hmm. choose them over me no no time for that bro he's gotta whack your ass and get out of the fucking room you know, like that's that's all it is, and yeah. I, uh, you're right. I absolutely love because it's not. It's there doesn't need to be that. There doesn't need to be mm-hmm. that speech. This moment weighs on Frank for the rest of his life. Yeah, you know everything that they could have said in that moment is implicit in everything that happens else in the movie. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, like who's, who's he talking to at like the beginning and the end? You know, where like the documentary style, it never shows. Is he talking just to the camera, or is there someone? Yeah, I think it's just like a narration thing. Like, uh, Mm. because there's a there's a moment early on in the movie 
when Russ talks directly to the camera and he says, like, mm. I don't want no two roads leading back to me. So whenever somebody comes to me, I, I, I let them handle their own thing, you know, like that. And he's mm. just look. That's like the only time he talks directly to the camera. But OK, that yeah, that is a pretty it's a it's a fairly common Scorsese tactic. You know, it's like mm. Jordan Belfort talking directly to the screen, Henry Hill talking directly to the screen like they, they, he likes to break the fourth wall. But it's a uh, it is interesting whenever it's used so sparsely and it's just kind of mm. sprinkled in there every once in a while. Yeah, um, I really I thought like he was going to be talking to his daughter and like coming clean, like talking to Peggy or something. But I don't think he would have talked in that way to her. Like, I don't think. Like the way he kind of broke a lot of things was just kind of matter of fact. So it does it does seem that it's way more of a just talking to the camera, you know, just or whatever. Um, you could also but, this is based on a book by Charles Brandt. You could go meta with it and say he's talking to the author of that book. Ooh. You know, um, mm-hmm. okay. he probably did present oh. the information relatively bluntly to the author of that book. Did the author like? legitimately just get all this information from frank like the real yeah, frank told him this entire fucking story yeah and he just wrote mm-hmm. oh my god can he you went imagine full Z-Z Z-Z chatterjee had you, the shorthand like, going and everything wow that's that'd be incredible to hear all this stuff and just to be like i have to write this book now like i i i i I've, i have all these mob secrets i have like all of these it, it, this is insane you know i guess yeah, the book is called uh i, I just, heard you paint houses mm. Oh, that's perfect. Oh, come on. I mean, come on. That's there's so many cool lines like that. Like that's just I love I love I don't know. I don't usually like the mob movies, I guess, but this one just had a different thing to it where I was just like There's a grandiosity I, I, to it that you're just not getting out of some other ones, you know? Like Goodfellas, it covers a long period of time, but it covers a very very specific set of years. Um same with uh same with casino you know like it it does cover a relatively long uh long period of time but you know it's 10 years maybe it's not pretty yeah yeah this is decades yeah and you you see the people getting older too it's like Mm. because i mean eventually like when you get to him like not being able to walk around and then he needs you know like his cane's not working then he needs like both of them and it's like man yeah this is like he's slowing, slowing down. Like he's getting old, old now. And man, I, I and it's just I like love the that. simple, the simple little pleasures that get taken away from them the older they get. The way that him and Russ would sit down with the bread and the wine, and then in prison, he's got they've got like it's just the good grape juice, and he's mm-hmm. like, I can't eat that. I don't have teeth. I can't eat can't that. Can't eat the you bread. Know, so like, yeah, I can't. He just like just sucks the wine out of the piece. bread, and yeah, oh. dude, it's sad. You know, like even even though you've watched these people do terrible fucking things yeah you're still like like, ah you know because they they, there's a morality to it that you can that you can't agree with but every single decision they make you understand within their logic of life like the way that they do things this is just how shit goes you know like uh yeah there's never a situation where you're like oh that's exactly how i would play that out it's like no no a lot of belief in yourself being like oh yeah i'm a mobster like this is this is how i think you know i'm gonna i'm gonna whack this guy or like mm. just because he he offended me or, or he said something wrong or right like when yeah when hoffa and uh frank are in the car after the failed meeting in florida where he showed up with shorts and everything um mm. it's like the first time that hoffa is like what can we do about this guy? Can we can we do anything about it? And he's like, no, he's a made man. He's like, I'd cap the motherfucker myself right now if I could, but I, but you know, like like, and that's just so like, 
He's just talking to his buddy. And he's like, yeah, I'd murder the motherfucker today if I could, you know? Right. And that's just something he says. Like, yeah, yeah, it's, it's a, it's a different life. And that's honestly, you're already suspending a lot of, of your normal thought while you're watching this movie. So whenever you're questioning things like morality and like, oh, you see his daughter, like, look at him. It makes you th- like, it, it, it makes you think of these like life questions, I guess, on a bigger scale. I don't know. Like, it's weird. It's almost like the characters are more unrelatable, but since they're more unrelatable, it makes like the themes and the metaphors of the movie somewhat like make more sense or more clear. They're way more, more palpable. Yeah. yeah. It's you're dealing with extremes, I guess, you know, it's like you're dealing with life yeah. and death, literally, not just, yeah, I'm going to, you know, we're pissed at each other. Obviously, we're not, you know, in a normal friendship. You're going to be pissed at someone, but there's never a thought of, like, I'm going to kill this person. Like, I'm, I'm going to go to the lengths to kill them. It's like, yeah, but... Right, the there's, movie, not, there's not a single situation in which, like, I, I, I'm, I like, talking to my friend, and I'm like, oh, no, my other friend really wants to kill this guy. Yeah, yeah. Hey, hey, buddy, I might have to way. do that. You know, like, that doesn't happen to me. Mm-hmm. Some um, people, you know, some people, not me, but some people aren't really liking what you're doing right now. I'm yeah. just, I'm just well, giving you to think up. about the foresight potentially that Russ Buffalino might have in placing him next to Hoffa so early, so that at any point when shit gets out of hand, he might have someone that has a direct line to him who can kill Whoa. him. That's pretty sick. That is pretty smart. Whether it was drawn up that way or not i mean it worked out pretty well i guess we don't know the truth behind hoffa's you know disappearance irl um and i don't know did um like how much did frank spill like did he talk about jim like that he was the one who yeah yeah no like uh in the behind the scenes the author of the book it's funny because everyone else who like watches the book and or not watches the book watches the movie reads the book and you know, has takes about it. They're usually like, you know, we don't know how much of this we can believe. You know, it's mob stuff and mm-hmm. people tend to take credit for things that they might not have actually done or did. But when you hear the author talk about it, and I would, I'd be willing to wager that, you know, the author probably had some say in the way Frank was and the way that he presented himself. And maybe that's the reason we have such a look. At the end of the movie, he prevented, like, I would say that the way he presents stuff so frankly and just like, this is what happened, you know, like, mm-hmm. that's just what, that's just what yeah. he, he comes on screen and uh, in the behind the scenes. And he says something about how, like, what he revealed to me that night, the the drive there and the plane ride to Detroit and the, it, nobody had ever known that Jimmy Hoffa died in a suburban house in Detroit. And mm-hmm. I was I was learning that information. So he says everything with such like, like that's what happened because that's like what you got to do if you're the author of the book. You can't be like, and I don't know how much I believe him. No, you got to be like, that's what he said. I believe it. I like. So it, it is interesting to hear the author of the book be like, that's what Frank told me, and frankly, that's what happened. You know, like it's just. Yeah, uh, I guess like if he were to spill all the other stuff that he's been doing in his life before, and. Like, what is he, what, what is he going to gain from taking credit from it? You know, it's like, maybe his name lives on, maybe that's what he's hoping, you know, I guess that's kind of what a lot of the movie's about is like, I think that's what the door kind of means is like, they never want the door shut on them. You know, it's, 
the, it's always open. Like they're 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 being remembered, or like the they're still of it. You know, like, like he yeah. he talks about that for a while. The you know if you're if you're cremated, it's so final. If you're buried, mm. it's so final. But at yes. least the structure will always stand. Not about that. Him picking out his casket and mm. and then the structure. Yeah. And I mean, like, and also the the parallels between the fact that they literally incinerated Hoffa to him mm-hmm. being like, I cannot be cremated. You know, like that's not something I'll do. Um, they did just put him in a cardboard box and. That's it. He got the cardboard box in the fire, mm-hmm. and Frank got the nice green. He chose the green one. I thought that was kind of funny. I don't yeah, know why. Irish. He was just like, ah, that green one. I'm like, oh, okay, come on. I was like, come on. Did he really pick a – I mean, that'd be kind of fucking hilarious if the dude actually picked a green casket, and they just put that little detail in. I think yeah, that's just a movie man. thing, though. Um, but I don't know. What a weird thing to like – because that the, – the, I don't know what you call a, a casket maker, seller – I don't that guy who was working there. The dealer. Was like, yeah, he's like, oh no, this is this is a good one. You get or he's talking what you're going to home in. Yeah, but but before he knew that Frank was the one shopping, he was like, you know, just talking to him differently, and he's like, so who's this for? And he's like, me. me. He's like, oh shit. He was like, fuck. Like I've been using rather crude language <laughs> with you, sir. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that's I don't know what that a weird... role is actually played by Action Bronson, who is a a rapper which is kind of like i have no idea how he managed to book this or why he's in it but i love it i'm Damn. here for it good for him um, yeah it's a cool movie to be in i mean yeah weird weird role but i mean i i would like to say that i was in this movie with oh, robert yeah. de niro al pacino joe pesci and martin scorsese and there's a uh there's a moment earlier on in the movie where it's um de niro I think Pesci, it's either, it's De Niro and either Pesci or Pacino. And they're sitting on like one side of a booth. And then on the other side of the booth is the lawyer and Russ's cousin played by Ray Romano and Mm -hmm. Razor played by Bobby Cannavale. And Mm -hmm. the camera pans in and looks at them and then looks at those two and then pans over to Pacino and De Niro or whoever's in the scene. And Romano and Cannavale are just supposed to be like whispering inconsequential shit to each other and in the behind the scenes ray romano says something about how Cannavale, like at one point was like can you believe we're in a scene with these guys right now you know like uh can you can you believe that this is real life like this is what's happening um that would be wild and and i don't know it's so weird you you take the movie for the movie like and it's it's awesome and like I i could talk about just the movie but then i could talk about like the making of the movie forever as well dude um yeah, it's it. What a crazy like, really a lot more in that goes into it with the de aging thing than than I thought. You know, it's like because I mean that's that's really them standing there. You know, well, and you like, got to think. Not only is it really them standing there, but if you're dealing with an eighty year old, seventy five to eighty year old De Niro, Joe Pesci, and Al Pacino, you're gonna have to get innovative with de aging. They're not yeah. going to wear all the little fucking dots on their faces. You know, like, that's not something they're going to do. So, mm-hmm. uh, like, they had, like, two little dots on their forehead, two little dots on their cheeks, and you could only see them if it was infrared. Um, uh, that's kind of cool. Bizarre. Like, I, I'm like, that's huh. kind of fucking, I mean, you can see it in, like, behind-the-scenes photos. You can see where they are, but, like, the uh, the main lens, huh. like, almost automatically brushes them out which is kind of bizarre 
Um, that's that's smart. And then Man, they did it yeah, on their clothes too, because I mean, like they're bigger dudes at the end of their lives than they were mm. when they were forty. So there's a lot of like slimming oh, yeah. oh, when I they were forty. Think about that. I was just thinking about their faces. Yeah. Oh my yeah. god. Their whole body. Yeah. That's. Man, that's incredible. Well, and they are like, there's a moment when I was rewatching it after I saw the little behind the scenes stuff talking about their age and how they're trying to not play 75. They're trying to play 40. And there's a moment when De Niro like walks through the door and he like does a little snap clap thing with his hands and he just kind of like struts through the door and stuff. And I'm like, that's a 75 year old. Bet money, you know, the way he's walking, you know, like that's just, Mm -hmm. uh, it's just fascinating shit, man. Uh, yeah, especially when you just got legends the, like that. Through the time warp that we had and the little bits of information I've had to pick up ever since we left off. I was talking last time how uh I thought that there was a point in the movie where there was a lot of music and then none, like a cut, a very mm, yeah. abrupt cut. And it literally is Jimmy's like Hoff Frank going to kill Hoffa. Um the moment that Joe Pesci asks for Frank's sunglasses, the music cuts off right there. And the mu- there's no music until he comes back and grabs his sunglasses back from Rose. Oh. There's zero music through that whole time. And I'm like, I, I felt like I knew something. I'm like, I, yeah. I felt like there was a part no, of the that's, movie. That's a great that, fucking catch, dude. There, yeah. There's a, there, there's a lot of that, like, storytelling on a subconscious level through both music and uh cinematography like the uh cinematographer rodrigo prieto the way that they color corrected stuff there's like a more bronze tinny feeling to the 40s or not the 40s the 50s and then into the 60s and then as as the progression like the movie gains this steely gray sad aesthetic the longer you get into it and as soon as Pacino dies as soon as Hoffa dies that's when like all the life is sucked out of the movie there is like little little to no color the rest of the movie um yeah I mean he he was the one that had like the most life out of any of them that's for sure mm -hmm. I mean and I I think I don't know the only thing I left open was character and I think I think I might have to go with Hoffa, like Al Pacino as yeah. Hoffa. Like, I don't. Was him and Peggy like a little weird though, or was it just just like we're friends? This is you know, oh, yeah. I'm basically think... like an uncle, you know, sort of, you yeah. know. Um, okay, because at first I was like, oh, this isn't gonna go good. I'm like, I yeah. I was like, I'm already like lights are are flashing. I'm like, this is why he's gonna die. He's gonna, I don't know. But I'm glad that it didn't go there. Um, and. Peggy, like, she doesn't say, like, a word throughout the entire movie, pretty much. And then she's, like, the, um, he gets back after killing Hoffa, and, you know, it's, like, three days, been three days or so, and, um, they're like, you know, have you called his wife yet? You know, have you, have you talked to her? And Peggy's like, why haven't you called Joe? Like, what, like, what the fuck? And it's like, it's so clear that she is like the reminder of like the normal life, you know, of like the, mm-hmm. uh, the, the good sense, like the moral compass. Um, it seems to be like, that's, that's what Peggy was. And, uh, always like scowling eyes, you know, just like pissed. And like, it's, and Frank knows that he like, he sees that look and then like, he's like, Oh, like 
uh, this this is right. You know, it, I would have liked to see a little bit more of like the family stuff, but I think that's kind of the point to not really show it at all because Frank's ignoring his family. You know, it's like mm-hmm. that's that's what he's doing. Um, so it's there's a moment at the end when he's showing the nurse his four kids, mm-hmm. and oh, well, he's showing Anna or Anna Peg, not Anna Paquin. Uh, he's showing he's showing uh, the picture of Peggy. She's like, is that your only kid? And he's like, no, I have four daughters. And mm-hmm. she goes, ah, busy man. And the, the the choice De Niro makes in that moment, like acting wise, is like brilliant because it's like mm-hmm. it loads this response of like, I was, but not for that reason. That's why I was busy, and that uh, I wish it was. You know, like uh, it's so fucking sad, mm-hmm. man. There's just a there's a sorrow to De Niro's performance towards the last act of this mm-hmm. movie where. I mean, when he's talking to the priest and that's where my line came from whenever mm-hmm. they did the prayer and he's like, man, it's been a while, you know, but the, the intention was there. The the intention was there. And he's like, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I know Frank. And, and, and he goes, it was, it was always there. You know, like he's like, it was, it was always there. You know, I'm not just talking about the prayer. I'm ta- like, I, I always meant well, you know? And then, uh, you know, he asked like, do you feel sorrow for the families or anything? And he's like, I only, I only knew one family and, uh, and then he's like, do you feel sorry for them? And then he just like drifts off and then he goes, what kind of a man makes that call? You know, like, uh, like he's, uh, he's been thinking and the, the acting he did during that phone call, there's a really another great choice by De Niro as well that you don't notice, but in every flashback sequence, he doesn't have a stutter. He doesn't have a stutter mm. until after Hoffa dies. Wow. He's just, um, and then he, and then he starts, yeah. he, he, he starts stammering over all his words and stuff. Um, mm. Man, yeah, which is just crazy. a really, really great choice on his part. Um, crazy, like, and that's the thing is that this movie isn't necessarily like a like it's not meant to be a blockbuster. You know, it wasn't meant to like turn your brain off and you just enjoy a movie. You know, it's not just seamless enter entertainment it's it's like this is you you kind of got to do some thing i don't know you you got it i think awful, everyone's gonna man. get something different out of the movie as well and it's like you can watch like i don't know spider-man every you know a lot because it's fun to watch and it's great and it has some good morals in there like superhero movies do but you're I not mean, gonna to watch it Scorsese's filmography itself you can do that with goodfellas goodfellas is a turn your brain off and have some fun fucking movie and people like to treat you know yeah. scorsese's filmography now like it's art house art tour fucking inaccessible mm. it's not his movies have always been accessible you know like that's that's mm. that's what he's so good at doing um is presenting you these larger circumstances which nobody can relate to unless you're in that life and making it digestible making you understand exactly yeah. what that life is and that's that's fucking brilliant you know and like a history and lesson I think he does, in the meantime is better as well. here like mm, yeah like i don't know i'm learning like i'm learning things through his movies i'm like i didn't know that there was this dude that ran vegas basically for a little bit while it, in the early goings and stuff like that i didn't know i mean i, I heard the name jimmy hoffa you know i'm kind of like that nurse you're like oh yeah that's right jimmy hoffa for sure i, I think that's kind of how i would answer if someone asked me like hey do you know who jimmy hoffa is I'm like oh, oh i yeah, mean yeah, sure sure oh yeah no. sure well like yeah what oh yeah and frank didn't like that you know he was like, like oh, oh sure man, if, if, oh yeah 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 no and i don't know i think that was kind of like if hoffa's name 
can die and like no one knows who he is then he's like he's very worried he's like oh my god like what i've done all of these things and what is it for you know like what for i when I, when i'm gone i don't have my i don't have my daughters next to me my family's you know i don't have any family all my friends are dead like it's crazy how fast like everyone just starts falling off you know like near the end um like joe pesci's death mm. you know and him just oh dude i going. loved i loved the line he delivered there he went to church you'll see then he went to the hospital uh, then he went to the graveyard god man like that that i don't pesci know doing, that was pesci like pesci is brilliant at the end of the movie too like i think uh he does a lot throughout the movie to earn that oscar nod but when he's doing his old 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 pesci stuff that's fucking good man like the the shaking and the no, I can't eat that, you know. I need the, and then like uh, I'm going to church, and he's like, "You're going to church? Yeah. You'll oh, see." God, you'll see. Yeah, man, that's man. And I don't you know. Find I kinda... yourself being sorrowful about the death of Russ Buffalino, and it's like he didn't do much throughout the movie to warrant pity or or sorrow. Like it's 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 just a somber story about the things you do in your youth and how one day you may or may not live to regret those things. It just like Russ obviously doesn't regret a single bit of what he did. You know? No. Yeah, no. Not at all. And maybe he does, but he's he's at least trying to convince himself he doesn't Mm -hmm. whenever he's talking Mm -hmm. to whenever he's talking to and there and he's like uh no that stuff with Hoffa that's not the way I wanted it to go. You know, like so clearly it's been weighing on both Mm -hmm. of them, even if it's not like Even if it's not such an everyday personal thing for Russ, like I'm sure Frank doesn't go a single fucking day without thinking about that. But you know, for for him to just bring that up and be like, you know, that's not the way I wanted things to go, you know. But I chose us over him, you know. He's more seeking ah, Frank's forgiveness yeah. Yeah. than his own. Like you know, he's like, Do you understand why I had to do what I did and why I had you do that? And you know, it's never been a question for Frank. Frank always understood. It's just, it's the game's the game. You know, he doesn't, he had the power in that situation. Russ didn't put the gun in his hand, didn't make him pull the trigger, didn't do any of that. He told him where to go. He told him what to do. And he had every opportunity to flake. You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's, that's the bottom line. Man. And that, that like, the the fish smell as well. I, I was thinking more on the fish. Love that. And like, Love you that. can't get the smell out of the car. You know, and I was, because I thought it was just like one little last uh, lesson that he could like tell his son before he goes. You know, is that, is that hug that him and Frank had like one last hug and I thought this was one just last little, like uh, little lesson he could teach his son. But I think it's like from this moment on, you can't remove that stain. You know, like that there's a stain or a smell or a, it is different from this point on um and i like it's crazy how many little things like that like the door i didn't realize at first so Dude. like clearly that's one of my favorite little like yeah. that last shot was a it yeah. might be my favorite shot of the movie just mm. because of that low like him in the little crack of the door with the and just i love the way directors use the setting to guide your eyesight you know the mm. the railing with the light above mm. it leading mm-hmm. down to him and like all like i just love little details like that um I, I i think i will go with that as my favorite shot there's a lot of good stuff mm. 
you know, because I I originally wrote down what is probably my aesthetically pleasing favorite shot, not just really loaded with meaning, but when you see Gallo's guy pull the back now i heard gallows guy yeah that's all i said i noticed that you froze very quickly so i was like today it's working you are freezing when my Mm -hmm. connection drops out i can see that happen yesterday i couldn't it was a fucking disaster um Mm -hmm. But nevertheless, yeah, that shot of Gallo's guy holding the gun up and it's in it's in focus, but everyone else around him is not. That's something mm-hmm. that Rodrigo Prieto is so fucking good at as a director of photography. Um like rooms full of faces. Mm-hmm. He does this thing where everyone is staged exactly where they need to be, where you can see everyone's face and everyone's reaction to whatever is happening. It happened to Wolf of Wall Street as well. That There's an opening shot at the beginning of the movie when they're tossing the little guy at the dartboard and Jordan Belfort. <laughs> they do like a freeze frame and Jordan Belfort's like standing like this and he's got like uh-huh. that crazy face on it. Like, But there's faces all over the background mm. and you see everyone. And just the way that it's like, it's just brilliant uh, blocking and staging on the on that that side of the film, but there's a lot of moments like that. I love this overhead shot when Papa he's going to a hearing, one of his hearings. I think it was the one with Bobby Kennedy, and it's this overhead shot. The crowd is just following him, and you watch mm. them enter screen left, and then watch them like do this like little like maneuver, and you just see all the people walk with him, and it's just. It's so satisfying. It's just small moments like that that make a a good movie great, you know. And I think that's yeah. something that this movie does really well. Yeah, mine was was pretty small. Not an aesthetic moment, but a uh, after uh, Russell gives him, you know, give me your sunglasses, get on this plane, mm. you're going to Detroit. It's this very long. It just sticks on like De Niro looking out the window of the airplane at the car where Russell's still sitting in there. And it's just this, like, as the plane moves, the car slowly gets, like, out of view of the window or whatever, but it just, like, it's staying on there, and, like, you just see Frank's face. Like, he he's going through so many thoughts in that moment, but it's just pure. All you hear is, like, the the roar of the, you know, the plane's engine or, like, the pilot's doing stuff, clicking stuff, but, like, it is just, like, Den- Frank is staring down Russell, like, in the car. And, like... Why do you, why do you ask him for his sunglasses? I don't, I don't know if I, like, is there a reason, you know, like is just to, to show the simplicity of like, you're there and you're back, you know, like I'm taking your sunglasses, I'm giving it back to you when you get back. My money is on that. It's a, it's just a movie choice to be like, uh, you know, there's, that's a good question. I think that you're right, though. Like the I'm not gonna lie. After he kills, giving him back. After he kills Hoffa and he goes back to Russell, I was like, "Oh my god, that's right!" Like this was just get on a plane, go kill him, come back, and then boom. Like whenever he gets back in the car, I'm like, "Oh my god, he was waiting there the whole time." Like mm-hmm. he was just was he just sit like we should be back in three hours is what he said like to the the girls or whatever no we're going to detroit or you're going to detroit you know the girls are staying here whatever we'll be back within three hours or whatever 
which right. is just great. I think maybe that that's probably it, just to show like the how little of time like, passed and how man. little Russell really. You know, it's like, hey, just give me your sunglasses. You know, you're going to kill probably one of your best friends, but uh, give me your sunglasses before you go. You know, whenever you're about to be above the clouds and you would need them more than in the car. You know, I, I feel like in a plane. I don't know. Uh, yeah, no, but, it's know, a good. I'm trying to think of a practical reason beyond just the simplicity of it, like just the, you know, bang bang. That's all that happened. You know, like uh, maybe it's just uh, he knows Frank will listen to him, and he's seeing if he like will trust everything right before he's about to go do this. You right. know, like just the simple doesn't matter, but like a last like check is like okay, yeah, he's he's gonna do this sort of thing. I don't know because I I had a lot of doubts. Like I guess. I didn't know the story at all, the history. Like, I, I, I didn't know. So, like, I didn't even know if Jimmy Hoffa died at all. Mm. Maybe in the movie. Did it even say? Because like, sometimes it's, like, shot eight times in the head. Shot, you know, or whatever, like, whenever it shows up a new Right, movie. right. They never do, do, that do that for Hoffa. Hoffa? Okay. No. I but so. I will say, um, and this isn't something I caught till my recent viewings, the very first thing you see whenever he's, like, a, whenever he's, like, a, you know, when I back then I thought that you know house painters painted houses, mm-hmm. or what did I know? And then it cuts to a gun shooting somebody in the back of the head. It's him killing Hoffa. That's that's the first thing they show you in the movie. At the beginning of the movie, yeah, that's Hoffa's. I yeah, you, like you don't. They don't show his face. Oh, they okay. but okay. they cut to the wedding invitation, and then it and then he goes. It was uh, it was all set up around this wedding. You know, like he's like, a, it was all set up around the wedding between uh, Bill Buffalino's kid, and the, so like, uh, he never says like, mm. it's a, it's the story of how he killed Jimmy Hoffa. And rewatching it, with bearing in mind that when we flash to him taking Russ in the car and his and his wives and you know mm-hmm. them stopping and pulling over, they are on their way to kill Jimmy Hoffa. Wait. Oh. The entire time. They're on their way to the wedding, but eventually the story catches up up, timeline-wise, and it's to kill Jimmy. That's right. Okay, that does make sense. So when you rewatch it, the tension that's sort of built through those flashbacks, or not flashbacks, but like the, what you think is like the pres, as the present, you know, Mm -hmm. going to the Cause that's what I, I know it's technically the past because he's yeah. telling the story from the end uh, of his that's, life, but the kill, like the pivotal moment is yeah. the killing of Jimmy. Like that's, that's yeah. the kind of the present. If that's the, the most present, present, like that's when that happens, you know, they eventually come yeah. to a stop where he gets on the phone and he calls Hoffa mm-hmm. and he's like, you know, like, uh, you gotta, you gotta arrange this me. And then he calls him back a little later. He's like, yeah, Tony Jack set it up. Everybody loves Tony Jack. I trust Tony Jack. Um, Everybody loves Tony. You know, I, I that was so good. And man, just the the hesitance like on Hoffa, like through every step, you know, like I who 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 makes a man wait forty minutes? You know, he's pissed and he's like they're like get in the car and it's like his son's car. But he's still like something just doesn't seem a little fishy. I mean it's yeah. it's probably smelling right, the fucking right. fish. He's like, damn, this is this is a fishy situation we got going on here. Well, and, and then you realize Not only do it, but they needed something to get Hoffa there. Even his son wasn't enough to convince him to get in the car. 
That's true. You know, he saw his son and he saw Sally Bugs and he just kind of like mm-hmm. looked and he's he's hesitant. And then Sally goes, look who's here. And he points back to Frank and then he goes, Frank, you know, he's like, oh, man, what happened? You said you were going to, you know, like, uh, so it's just like uh, it, it's fascinating to see just how deep his trust in Frank was. There's mm-hmm. that moment whenever, you know, at Frank's little ceremony where he's like, uh, you know, Russ told me to tell you. It's it's what it is, you know. It's, mm-hmm. And then they wouldn't dare. <laughs> they wouldn't dare. You know that whole thing again. Just brilliant work by Pacino. But uh, him being like, "I'm worried. I'm worried." You know, and he's like, "You know, you should be worried. If they can come after me, what do you think you're with me? They're gonna come after you." And he goes, "He just Frank just looks at him and he goes, I'm worried. You know, like uh, they won't come after me because I'm with you, but I'm uh... I'm with them. You know, uh." And this is one of those movies that just, for me, it has just gotten better and better and better every time mm-hmm. I've watched it, simply because yeah. you get, you pick up on so many more of those little moments and those choices by the actors. And it's just so, it's so electric. Yeah. And uh, That's what I was going to say on like a movie like this versus just like a Spider-Man, like I love both movies to death. Like I, it's just, they're so different in the sense that like I watched Spider-Man. I loved it so much on the first time. And the first like, couple times after that, I'm I'm still loving it. But, like, I'm not noticing new things in the movie. You know, it's like, if, if I do, it's the slightest little itty-bitty, smallest little Easter egg of, like, a real, I don't know, something dumb. But I can rewatch The Irishman and then literally gain, like, new life morals and, like, life metaphors. And, like, I, like it's, it's crazy. And I can see the things that these actors are doing. There's, and, more, there's and it's, meaning behind it. There's a... Mm-hmm. There's a care taken that's just like, and that's something you can count on with Marty, man, with Scorsese. He is just so fucking good at telling stories that resonate, you know, mm-hmm. like, yeah, they might not, they might not emotionally, you know, like I don't watch Goodfellas and cry. I don't watch Casino and cry, you know, like that's, I don't watch The Wolf of Wall Street and no, I don't cry during that movie either. But like uh, every single one of those it's got me fucking thinking, you know, like it's got me yeah. thinking about, and that's just, he is such it's, a talented, talented this, director. Like, man. You know, every time I say that, like, it's, it's a film or like, this is like art. I feel like I'm, I don't know. Like, I feel like people, it, it sounds disingenuine for some reason, but like in any art form, like music, you can you have some great music that can get you to cry. You have music that you listen to that's just for fun and like gets you hyped. You have like there's mm. music for every sort of situation, and then there's like real, real art. I don't, like it, it's this a movie is still art, but like when I think of art, I think of like paintings and mm. sculptures and stuff that's in a museum. Um, but movies are kind of like the combination of of both of music and like kind of real art. It's uh, real art paintings whatever is how you just decorate space or how you decorate a a canvas whatever music is how you decorate time and a movie combines both of them you know you need you need music you need visuals you need you need a whole lot of stuff and that's i don't know that's i've like fallen in love with just movies in general ever since like we started just probably the 52 year journey like ever since then it's just been like a slow creep of like man movies are like really something really special like a time capsule of mm-hmm. of of the time and it's not every movie's like that you know it's it's just not how any art form is but 
whenever you talk about guys like this, you know, Scorsese's movies, especially oh, nearing the end of his life, you know, this is, he's wanting to, he's trying to pass on as many, I don't know, many things as he can before he, you know, he goes. And that's, that's crazy to think about that. It's like, Dude, it's, it's fucking yeah. fantastic. I, I'm so, so excited. I envy those of you who have gotten to see Killers of the Flower Moon yesterday or today, as it is Friday now. Um, and oh, Killers man. is officially out. Um, mm-hmm. We're seeing it on Sunday in IMAX for a nice little four-hour outing. Um, very, I'll be very hibernation that. until then. I don't want to know anything until I see this movie. Um, uh, yes. I can't wait. No, I. This is this. I think it, it's the same. I mean, for Wes, I was so hyped to go into Asteroid City for watching all of his stuff. I was hyped to go into Barbie after watching Gerwig. Like in and I mean, this this is just a a perfect way to to like lead up to a movie release instead of it just being like yeah I, I like Scorsese's movies and stuff like that and I, I will watch it no matter what even though I wasn't doing this probably but right. now it's now it's I don't know I have a reason and yeah, I, I have I, this yeah. is easily our fa- my favorite project setup we've ever done mm. the director spotlight is my favorite thing we do um it doesn't really feel like a two way movie release yeah, yeah it doesn't Dude, feel like a project it just feels like what I should do up to a movie's release. Yeah, it feels anyways. like it almost feels like studying that I, yeah. I want to partake I'm gonna, in. I am Martin Scorsese 101 right now, maybe 102. Maybe we, you know, we've we've gone up a, a notch. I don't know. You know, uh, we have we, we we covered the basics. You know, we hit Taxi Driver, true. we hit is, Goodfellas, yeah. we hit The Departed, we hit Wolf of Wall Street. You know, we've done all of that. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, and we we got a pretty good coverage of Scorsese and that's I don't know it's and we covered like I think 10 Scorsese's 11 with Killers of the Flower Moon um there's still 14 other movies in his filmography that we can cover in anticipation of the next one you know uh so like uh we've got a lot to look forward to and I'm I'm so very very happy and I'm I'm comfortable in stating that as of now ahead of Killers of the Flower Moon Marty's most recent movie is my favorite of his movies. Uh, the Irishman yeah. is my favorite sort of Daisy flick heading into killers. And uh, I would, I would love for that to change. You know, I would love if killers tops it. Um, mm. But, you know, I expect it'll age similar to the Irishman for me. I expect I'll watch it and I'll be like, yeah, that was awesome. Seven, you know, like uh, I'm like, this is one of my favorite movies. This is a great fucking movie. One of the best I've ever seen. This is seventh in his filmography. You know, like uh, that's that's something I fully anticipate. Um, And then maybe a couple years down the line, it'll rise the list because. Yeah, man, the I just couldn't believe it when I watched it the other night and I was all of mm-hmm. like it just. Something changed. I was like, mm-hmm. like I said at the beginning, mm-hmm. I watched this six months ago and didn't it didn't mm-hmm. change my opinion of the movie. I was like, Oh yeah, that was cool. I liked that. Mm-hmm. Got through it. Again. But now I'm like so confident. This is my favorite Scorsese yeah. movie now. Um, I mean, it's, it's number three on my list. I did, I did give it the bump over after hours uh, for uh, me. That was the one that I was like hesitant to give it the bump over. But after thinking about it more, I'm like, yeah, okay. I mean, I watched after hours. I did not think about it for days afterwards. Um, mm. And once, I, I I will definitely come back to the Irishman before I do After Hours. Um, the only two I have above are Gangs of New York and Wolf of Wall Street. 
and I might I need to revisit a few of those and anticipate mm-hmm. like before the day rolls around here because mm-hmm. you know I have watched the only one outside of our setup here that I've watched mm-hmm. recently is Taxi Driver, mm. and I watched The Color of Money a few weeks back or a few weeks back probably a couple months back now but uh, there's still he's still got so many fucking movies I haven't yeah. watched man like yeah. uh, just uh, it's a nuts. deep filmography. That's... It's and it's just like West too. It's like there there just has to be one at the bottom, you know. It's like none of these are are bad movies at mm-hmm. all. It, but some of them I think are a league above. You know, I think there could oh, yeah. be some tiers um put in here, but it would probably be two tiers. It would probably be like oh my fucking god and like masterpiece of a movie. I yeah, feel like right. that's just kind of the only two tiers we got. Um but yeah, I, I put it at 3. I feel like like Wolf of Wall Street's just up there, just because, I don't know, that's, that's like, that's a fun movie. That's just, it's funny, it's, I don't know, it's it's a whole different kind of movie. But I don't think I could get as much out of Wolf of Wall Street as I can, The Irishman. Um, so I, I see it possibly taken two, but Gangs of New, I don't know, I had a, I really liked Gangs of New York when that one came, like, whenever, I that was the one I was least like uh expecting of in the project yeah. i was like it was I, the little women of scorsese movies. yeah exactly that's oh that's the perfect analogy it was yeah. the little yeah it's maybe maybe not to that degree i think little women did that more probably um but gangs was pretty close pretty close to being like holy mm. shit like wow i this i did not expect this whatsoever um, no, i'm excited to after we knock out our our killers episode to go through and reveal the list in its entirety. I know if you if you've been listening and you're paying attention through mm. through the last couple of weeks, you could probably piece together the list. Mm. But uh you know, it's it'll be fun to actually go and rank officially with killers involved. Mm. Um, yeah. But, but yeah, yeah, man. I guess I've only got 10 under my belt from Scorsese, 11 after Killers. Um and yeah, I got I got some to go. I, de- well, I, I guess I have a little bit of time. Maybe that hibernation could be spent uh, instead of asleep, just ingesting more Scorsese. Got to get um, some more Scorsese under the belt. Can't go mm-hmm. wrong there. Cannot go mm-hmm. wrong there. But uh, man, the Irishman. Do we have any any remaining thoughts on the Irishman? I took some notes briefly last night. You know, uh, I did want to shine some light on another underrated performance from this movie. Um, Ray Romano. As Bill Buffalino, I think he's fucking fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, as the lawyer, whenever he's sitting down with De Niro at the beginning of the movie, mm-hmm. he's like, "I'm not going to tell anybody." You know, did you? I'm here to defend you. You know, yeah. at the end of the day, I'm here to defend you. Did you do so it? Like, he's like, you know, well, I'm, I work hard for them when I'm not stealing from them. <laughs> you know, uh, that's crazy. That that's what it started out as. Just some cows for yeah, some when, steaks. The first time we see him like act as muscle when Razor's like, uh, where's the money? And he's like, uh, ah, he said something about his money. He's like, oh, his mother died. His mother's died 10 times in the last fucking 10 years. All right, hold on a second. He runs inside <laughs> in his little robe and he comes back out. He's like, don't use it. Just show it to him. And then he's like, get in the fucking car. You know, that, that whole thing. And when he mm-hmm. like punches him in the stomach and stuff, like just. I, I love De Niro in this movie, man. Uh, mm-hmm. I love I love when he's sitting down with Harvey Keitel. I think you picked this as your favorite scene earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's like, uh, you know, what are you doing out here? And uh, De Niro like kind of sits there, and then he like he starts laughing, and he goes bombing out a lawn. 
<laughs> he's like, I gotta, um, I gotta tell this guy the truth. I can't lie to him. But he's, so he's yeah. like, he's bombing out of <laughs> place. Uh, fucking funny. What a man. line. Uh, oh, well, what you know? You know, some guy has some stake in that laundry or laundromat. The that guy's me. And then you see Frank just like, oh fuck, like shit. You know that. I loved, I loved that scene. The jury tampering montage where oh. Hoffa's sitting there eyeing everybody and then they Dude. cut to how they would manipulate them. Yes, each one of them. Like, they, they could have gone on any, like, anyway. all, they had something on all of them. And that's crazy. Like, that is crazy. Like, to sh- I like, I just want to keep pointing out little parts. Um, mm-hmm. when they're about to go pick up Hoffa for his assassination and there's that fish thing in the back. Mm-hmm. Back, my back. Okay. Yep. Um. All right. Uh. But yeah, there the fish thing in the back seat. Um. Sally's like, no, you go ahead and sit up there. I'll sit back there. And uh, Frank's like, no, I'm gonna sit back here. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm gonna sit back mm-hmm. here. It's because we've watched three times in the movie. Sally bugs strangle a guy in the front seat. Frank's like, I will not be sitting in front of you, Sally. How about you get in the front fucking seat? That's, yeah, yeah. It really did kind of seem that they were setting up to kill Frank, though. Like, and that's it really thing. did. Like, and I think yeah. he was like, maybe Hoffa is right. Maybe if he's in trouble, I'm in trouble. You know, maybe that's why I got uh. sent here. You know, like, and so he's like, I'm supposed to do the hit on Hoffa, but if they get me before they... You know, like there's there's a possibility they can get around that. You yeah, know? that's so how like, they're uh, tricking him. Yeah, it's like because yeah. he is the hitman. Go do your job. We get you as well. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh wow, I didn't think of that. No, yeah, so like it. Sally's like, yeah. no, you go ahead, and he's like, no, Sally, you yeah. sit in the front. And then uh, he, like he gets stern with him, and so I was like, okay, yeah, I'll go ahead and sit in the front. You know, like uh, it's Sally's signature fucking move to strangle a guy in the while he's in the back seat of a car. Wonder if that's how they got the other guys. Was it always his uh I forgot his name. Hoffa's son that was with him, the driver, or was it someone different? Uh there was there was a couple other people with him. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Cause I, I was like wondering if like that was the goal. Like if the goal was to kill Frank then and there. Mm. Um Man. Yeah, I guess no, yeah, I guess that guy would just be insisting on like, no, Frank, it's okay, because he's like Frank's, you know, above Frank. him. So he's yeah. like, I don't want to make you sit on the, you know, whatever. But okay, okay, man. Yeah, I'm yeah, gonna... just, uh, yeah, like, uh, oh, the big ears guy. You know, when De Niro's <laughs> like operation. looking at him. Yeah, I had an operation to get that fixed, so you won't need you to looking be looking at my ears, at my ears any like, longer. No, yeah. no. Uh, and like, the way you can like see him, like, his yeah. eyes kind of drift yeah. over every once in a while. Uh, How big? Do your ears have to be to get an operate, you know? Amen. Like, is that real or was that just for the movie? Because fuck it, you know? Like, was there really a guy called Big Ears or whatever? Like, that's what they called him. And Frank was like, yeah, I went to go meet this guy with Big Ears. Fuck, he didn't even have any. Like, it was normal ass ears, man. Yeah. But no, Like, whenever he's on the TV later and he's sitting with Hoff and he's like, oh, shit, Big Ears. He's like, his ears don't seem that big. Uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I, well, and I also love that that part and it, it indicates a it leads into the Bay of Pigs, where America mm. completely fumbled 
their military operation. And it's because apparently the mafia armed Castro and uh, all that. Like, what yeah, a like, like what a bizarre little fucking sprinkle to be in there. Like, yeah, you know, we've had our hands I in everything. Thought- I thought the whole point was to get rid of Castro so they go with the casino scene or whatever and everything back, but then they arm him. So I, I don't know. I was a little confused on that. Um, or I guess – I mean they they did arm. Like that That was – Frank, that you're going to beat a guy. Yeah. You're going to have a truck. You're going to drive the truck here. You're going to drive it to Florida, blah, blah, blah. Like, and I'm like, but what's the – why would the mob want to arm Castro? My money is that while they don't want Castro in control, they certainly don't want America to ah. have its hands on it. Um, they need okay. something outside. They want to get rid of Castro. Yeah. They prefer Castro over America. So it's like if we arm Castro, mm. we can go ahead and deal with that later. Chase, 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 chase. Fuck it. Um, as uh, as he uh-huh. puts it earlier in the movie. Mm. Um, you know what a where to? What an Irishman I, like you learned to speak Italian. Irish, yeah, he calls him an Irisher too. Where Irish an Irisher Charlotte? like you? Yeah, is that a real thing? Is that a real word? I guess. Irisher? Are you an Italianer? An like you learned to are speak you a Italian. Greeker? Or are you a? Are you? Wow, I've never. Maybe that's just you know they say use you got use you know whenever you showed up here or whatever. Like I I don't know I love I love that just a little little mob talk here and there. Um. You don't know how good a friend you got. Mm. No, like really, you don't know how good of a friend you got. I was about to. You would have got fucking killed tonight. Yeah, you were about to die, dude. Yeah, you were about to be dead. Um. (laughs) Yeah, I love the. There's a little parallel earlier in the movie. I pointed to it earlier with Joe Pesci speaking directly to the camera, where he's like, "Uh, you know, whenever a guy comes to me, you know, I have him handle his business because I don't need two roads coming back to me." And then, like a few seconds later, um. Mm-hmm. A couple minutes later, uh, Frank's given the monologue where he's like, you wouldn't know it from looking at him, but all roads led back to Russ. You know, like uh, he says, I don't need two roads coming back to me. And then mm-hmm. Frank's like, all roads come back to Russ. Like he runs everything, you know, and uh, man, yeah. I just. Yeah, I could I could watch the, I could watch this movie again tonight if I want. Oh, I won't, but I could. Yeah. I'm going to have some self-restraint. It's three and a half hours. It's a big commitment. Um, this is true. You could watch two West movies or maybe even three, possibly. I don't know. Some short, maybe two in a short. Um, yeah, possibly. Um, but no, it, not a not a, a knock to the movie. That's for sure. A, a lot of people will be afraid of the three hour run, three and a half hour runtime, but I, it does not hurt the movie. Oh, no, not one bit. I think it helps it. I think this movie needed three and a half hours, which is like, yeah. it felt like. I don't think it felt like three and a half. I mean, it did feel. It's long. a long movie. You feel yeah. the length to be sure. Mm-hmm. Like Casino, uh, to compare it to Casino, which is also a three-hour movie. I think Casino flies by you a lot faster than The Irishman. I think yeah. that The Irishman is something you were supposed to sit with, though. Like you were supposed mm-hmm. to. Yeah, it made that last moment and, feel yeah. so. The suspense is building the whole movie to to the jimmy's assassination and like and then once that's done it's like i mean bang bang i mean it really just like it's moving they're getting old they're dying they're in prison the game they're of, like the, it's... the little game of telephone between tony salerno and hoffa leading up mm. to his death where frank goes and sits with tony and then he tells him something and he goes back to Hoffa. he's like here's what he said man this is what he said this is what he's got he's like oh fuck him and he's like okay well tony you know what hoffa said he said fuck him <laughs> 
Yeah, it's like, no, it, oh, like that's the Frank being like, no, I really think you should tell him. You know, like I, I he just told me to tell you this, and now you're gonna make me go back and tell him. You know, it's like, no, go ask your mother. No, go ask your father. Go ask your. You know, it's like the the classic. You know, yeah. back and forth there. But no, this this I, I'd say off the first viewing, it's it's number number three. I, I'd say this this is one likely to take the tippy top of the mountain if Killers doesn't like do that right away. I don't know. Right. I don't want to go in thinking that it's going to. No, uh, I mean, Scorsese's just got a filmography like that. Like, there's mm-hmm. no telling. It, Like I said, it could be one of the greatest movies you've ever seen and land top eight. Like, that's that's what we're rocking with here. Like, and that's mm-hmm. that's how fucking fantastic he is. Um, and this is a movie he wants to make as well. Like, this isn't a... Isn't a no, yeah, this is a story he wants to tell. And he's at that point now, you know? Man, I think he's he kind of reached points of history with scorsese you know you can, yeah. we, we're getting everything just the a lot of it's like the shittiness of america though which is kind of hilarious um right but the truth you know mm-hmm. this is like obviously there's some stuff that's dramatized and stuff but the big events that happened i mean they that shit really i mean jimmy hoffa disappearing the dude didn't go to argentina the dude didn't you know he's not still living once the dude has disappeared he's gone like he's dead there's no no kidnapping done with him Mm. you know it's like uh people knew he was gone and he was you know whatever but pretty pretty surefire that he was gone for good but man yes i don't know i'm gonna have to i think i'll I'll probably save the the next watch until after killers probably um yeah get some other other movies in there first but no i I fully agree. I, I think I see myself getting to where you're at right now, where like Man, maybe love. something will click. You know, I don't know. Maybe I'll have that click moment uh, when I watch it, and uh, I'll look forward to that. But, but yeah, I guess speaking pretty well of the movie, I think it's going to rate pretty well. If I had to had to guess, I'm just trying to understand how a person can buy a fish and not know what kind of fish it was. A salmon, a cod. A I just want to. I just want to know all these things. So if somebody asks me, I can explain yeah. it. You know, like <laughs> what kind of reasoning is that? You know, like I'm so nosy that I need to know what fish you bought, who you were buying it for, what you didn't even know what kind of fish it was. Yeah, uh, what a a weird conversation. I guess. Ooh, maybe that just like normalizes the situation. They're just talking about a fish and a fish mm. market, but what's really happening is they're picking up that dude's father for frank to go you know and it's like it's just a normal that's just it's business you know to them but oh man now that is i don't know maybe i'll just watch the end of it you know like maybe i just uh, is is that is that like selling it short though i have that problem anytime i want to watch a specific part of a movie i end up going like might as well watch the whole fucking movie then if i like because i'm like i know how much i like that part but is the reason i like that part because of everything building up because of all the build-up yeah probably probably yeah you know you got to experience all of it to get the impact and that's just the way it is but uh this is true now this is gonna fare well this i've in our rating i uh I'm I'm confident it'll do it'll do quite quite well. Um I'm thinking the enjoyment uh I mean I liked Gangs of New York. That was that's the highest we've given a Scorsese a nine. I'm there or above. Um hmm. for for this one. Yeah, me too. Was. And so if we're above the nine range, Darjeeling Limited, it's like a nine seven five. Um 
up there. Let's see, 925 Isle of Dogs, 975 Asteroid City, 975 Grand Budapest, uh, Tenet, 925, Dunkirk, a 95, Oppenheimer, a 95. Is this an Oppenheimer? I like it more than Oppenheimer. I'm at a 975. Me. Um, that's that's where I'm at. Zero doubt about it. Um, and if you are not there, that's okay. I will invoke the first Sumai. If you're not there, I will do it. I kind of just don't want to be there so we can use a Sumai, but I kind of agree at the same time. And it's like, no, and like, here's the thing. I, I, it'd be I, a 9.5 or a 9.75. Yeah. Is the I'm thing. like, that's it's my thing. Is that it, it's, it's easily my favorite of the Scorsese movies we've covered. And like I said, it's my favorite Scorsese movie overall. And then it becomes comparing it to the previous movies that we've given 9.75s. And I'm there. You know, like I'm, we look at Grand Budapest, we gave a 975. We look at Darjeeling, we gave a 975. We look at, uh, I believe Asteroid City got a 975. Mm-hmm. I believe Barbie got a 975. I have mm-hmm. no doubt I like it as much as those movies. Okay. You know, I'm, yeah, yeah. I'm there. I'm down to give it to you. No Sumai needed. Deal. Um, I just, yeah, I mean, I, I think it, it does, it, it's up there with that, that, uh, echelon company yeah it's up it's yeah. up with with those movies um yeah ladybird another 975 barbie mm-hmm. um oppenheimer or not oppenheimer uh, but asteroid yeah, yeah i think i think i'm there okay. well what's funny is you know we gave oppenheimer that 95 after the first viewing after a second viewing i have no doubt that i'm actually higher on oppenheimer than a 95 i think yeah. i would i'd move that up to a 975 if i if i had the opportunity now and there's actually there's a few examples of that. I like Oppenheimer more than I like Barbie now. I would probably switch those. Um, yeah, that's true. I, I haven't I haven't had the opportunity to watch Oppenheimer a second time, mm. but like, man, I'm like, I what I don't know. Probably not coming out on anything streaming or VOD for quite a while. I don't know. Like, uh, we got physical releases in a month though. They're doing uh, 4K and Blu-ray November 21st. It was announced just a couple oh. days ago. That one might have to be a bo- uh, the start of my physical collection. I have the Spider-Man movies. That's basically it um, mm-hmm. in my physical collection. I don't I don't have much other than my childhood collection of VHSs and DVDs. But I yeah, got you this. Yeah, that's that's nice. And you got some good <laughs> movies there too. Oh, dude, like, I've been spending man. too much money on it lately. It's been a it's been a problem. But yeah, no, I'm excited. I'm uh, I'm very happy with my physical collection, and the Irishman was a recent addition to it, you know. And uh, mm. we got a few coming up in the uh, in the next next couple spotlights that I've got over there. You know, I got Fight Club on DVD mm-hmm. for Fincher. I've got uh, Heat on Blu-ray and Collateral on DVD for Man. I want to get Thief. I want to get Thief. Thief is really good, but. Uh, it's also the only man that has a Criterion Collection edition, and I like the Criterion, so that'd be a fun one to get. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah. I'm a noob in that game right now. I'm very yeah. not even started actually. Really, I'm just this. Uh, the Spider-Man movies I have are from my childhood and yeah, they're or they're... Christmases. I don't know. Where it's yeah, like right. you know, we'll get you the new Spider-Man movie. I don't know. Like, um, but yeah. Okay. Okay. I guess critically now. I forgot. Um, There's a whole other category. We yeah. do have one um, more rating um, to give, and 
I mean, the highest I'd we've given any sports the... safety is nine two five, and that was Casino. That's it's the better floor there, casino. man. That's the floor there, man. Yeah, yeah, it's we're um, looking at another nine five, nine seven five. You know, like that's that would be Little Women, Oppenheimer. Um, let's see, those are the only exactly nine fives. Um, it'd be better made than Moonrise Kingdom. It's a nine two five. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, let's see, nine two five Asteroid City. Um, nine two five Dunkirk. Have we only um, given a 975 critically to Grand Budapest Hotel? That's what it looks like. Yeah. I'm not seeing any other seven. Yeah, that's it. Only 95s and 925s. I think it's there. This is like Scorsese's version of Grand Budapest. Yeah, you know? no, like, I think so. I think I'd be willing to. This might be 975s across the board and go ahead and tie Grand Budapest for our top one yet. This, this is it. This is if. If I could point to Scorsese's best made movie, at least that I've watched so far, um, hmm. I, I don't know. There could be one out there, but I don't know. I don't know if it's going to top this one. This is, I mean, it's character development at, at its finest. It's the actors are acting their asses off. The direction is perfect. The cinematography is like a mate. It's everything is good there. I don't think there's the only gripes people have is the de-aging. And I, I think that was flawless. So I like, think it was great. Yeah. So yeah. like, what am I? What do I know? You know, oh, uh, the nitpick. Solidarity. Oh, dude, come on. That might be the line, actually. You know, <laughs> solidarity. Say it with me. I don't, I don't what we need is unity. We need solidarity. Uh, that that whole thing. Fucking love it. Uh, I love it. Uh, yeah. But uh, yeah, man, man, nine seven fives across the board. Been a has been since we scored that yeah. high. Uh, few months Man. back now um Let's see yeah grand budapest um, that's it what even gets oppenheimer nine five but i guess if that we were to might it, maybe even that might end up being a nine seven fives across the board like that movie is so fucking good uh i gotta see that again yeah little women that was up nine six seven um so that's because the so weight actually, we put on the critical yeah yeah that's actually so that's second place or tied for or third place but in second place of the numbers whatever however you want to say that but man yeah that's i didn't expect the irishman to be the grand budapest of scorsese man but i i'm i'm so there cool. i'm yeah i'm a, i love me some grand budapest that's for sure that's a i love me that movie and this is this joins that company it does I have no doubt it about belongs it. There. So the intention was there you know, the intention was there. Um, but with that, we will conclude our Scorsese director spotlight, at least the anticipatory pod. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've got one thing to wrap it up, and that is the killers of the flower moon. And if I recall, I might be like, I was thinking about that earlier, you know, thinking about De Niro and Scorsese not or not having worked together in a long time. And, this is the first Scorsese movie with his two headliners. This is the first Scorsese movie with both Leo and De Niro. That's very nice. Yes. Is Shutter Island the last time you worked with Leo? No, Wolf of Wall Street. Um, oh, that did come in between. That's right. Okay. That, what was yeah, that? Wolf of Wall Street was because 20... 10 years ago, which is crazy. Wow. That's 2013? Yeah. Oh, my God. Okay. That's crazy. But, yeah, first... 
getting them both together, that's going to be really nice. Yeah, this, uh, I, I don't want to go in thinking too much, but I mean, this is the man right here. You know, I mean, it is, it is the guy, um, kind of here. So pretty greatest director of our time and the time before us, I would argue. Um, but, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, man, yeah, um, Holy fuck. That's just I'm so fucking days. excited. Holy shit. Yeah. But Woo! we'll have to wait until then, I guess. Solidarity. Um but we'll have to get there. I'm just gonna i I'm just gonna yell that at random points from now on. Just <laughs> in the killer's watch while I'm in the theater <laughs> at a rand the most quietest time of the movie, I'm just gonna yell give a good Solidarity for the whole theater. You know, yep. let me just Everyone will know how Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, how much solidarity I have in my mm-hmm. heart. Um, but yeah, man, Killers next Wednesday, as far as our coverage of it. Um, mm-hmm. In the meantime, we will be continuing our Game of Thrones rewatch. I believe next week is the, um, that's the penultimate. Finale. Or it's after Killers, it's it's the finale. Well, it's um, the one before Killers. Killers. Oh, I guess. This one, yes. This, oh, yes. Killers yes. isn't out yet. Duh. Hello. Yeah. No. We're yeah. On episode nine. But yeah, we've got we've got two episodes left in season five, and we're getting we're getting near the end. Uh, we're getting near the end of that project. Mm. In the grand scope of things, um, you know, we're 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 past the halfway point by a good margin. Mm-hmm. Um, now. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. But uh, yeah, we got we got so so much to look forward to. Um, next Friday, we will be back on our comic book movie journey through film bullshit with uh, KBZ Kyler Barnett returning to talk some Iron Man. We're kicking off Hell the MCU. Yeah. Um, I'm very excited for that. It's a great episode, and I'm so very excited for you to hear it. Um, yeah, and then after Scorsese, we're on to the Fincher director mm-hmm. spotlight. We're going to do some Fight Club and The Social Network in anticipation of the Netflix release of The Killer, um, which will be a weird one. It'll be the first anticipatory pod we're doing in anticipation yeah. of a Netflix release and not a theater experience. So, you know, we'll see how much that, like, changes yeah. things for us, you know? I wonder how, how weird that'll be. But uh, well, at least we won't have to worry about someone ruining the experience. Yeah, the at least you can have it in the peace and quiet of your own home, you know? At least mm-hmm. there's that. Um, but yeah, lots to look forward to. If you would head to patreon.com slash penny bloom pod, where you'll find over 50 hours of exclusive content. Most recently saw Taylor Swift era's tour concert film. And I gave a brief little review of that over there. Uh, Mm -hmm. me and Joe did some preparation for our upcoming five by five Halloween edition, which is just, Mm -hmm. um, week and a half away now you know it'll come out on halloween so i'm very excited for that um, we're doing five top fives uh five undead movies five occult movies five monster movies five halloweeny movies and our top five costume designs of all time and all that'll be packed into one episode and it'll be a great time that's on halloween for you um but yeah, if you would head to Twitter, follow at Penny Bloom Pod, follow on Instagram at Penny Bloom Podcast. Remember to maintain solidarity. With oh, Zach dude, I'm never going to hear that the same now ever again. Oh my yep. god, I'm <laughs> that's incredible. Yep. Maintain uh-huh. the solidarity with SAG-AFTRA as they continue their struggles against the studios. 
Um, does not seem like a difficult thing to do, provide money for those which, you know, are working for you, especially when you're going to go ahead and send a bunch of money to, you know, other places doing terrible things. Um, doesn't make, doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. Um, but yeah, man, uh, Let's see. Yeah. I think that's I think that's that. With that, I was Colton Robertson. I was gonna say, hopefully, we won't have to hear that solidarity, you know, that line for much longer. But as as not. it will be spoken, I will hear it that way from here on out. But hopefully, it's solidarity. Yeah, we need unity. We need solidarity. And I like the like hand gesture he does, and like the lean back. You know, mm. yeah, Al Pacino. Super. What a fucking king. Uh, uh. But yeah, I was Colton Robertson. I was joined by Joseph George. Thank you very much, homie. Thank you for having me. It's always a pleasure to be here. Oh, and it's always a pleasure to have you. And remember, peace, love, and bloom. And I heard you paint houses.